Okay, okay, okay. Uh, sabah, everybody. Sabah, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Um, I do apologize for the somewhat of a late start today. Not a, like a massive start, uh, delay in the start. It just I was having uh, some technical difficulties actually, and I really hope that the live stream actually does not have any problems uh, due to that. Actually. Um, First things first, obviously, Joey, good morning, Sabaho, and good morning. Hey, Sabaho, Matt, thank you very much. Um, Matt just sent out a super chat. I'm at work. Um, I'll be in, a, uh, uh, oh, I'll be in and out of the chat. Have fun, you guys. Uh, I appreciate that. No, always, always appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Um, I realize the schedule between my Matt and uh, my the, the live stream and Matt's schedule is always kind of a little bit, um, I would say hit, hit and miss, depending on the on the day of the month. Uh, there's diff uh, there's different uh, schedules going on, but um, it is episode thirty nine. Uh, let me just double check and make sure that we are on the same thing. Okay, so it is September twenty sixth, twenty twenty. It is episode thirty nine of Saturday morning with tech, uh, and this is of course my name is TK Bay. Welcome back to the channel. Um, hope you guys are able to see this. Um, okay, uh, and I say this only because. I don't know. Sometimes I, uh, let me just go ahead and open it up and see if it comes up. It should be. Uh, and it looks like it is. Yes. Uh, and it looks like it's working great. Uh, the comments on, um, StreamYard, I, I, are, I'm hoping they're a little bit slow and I don't, I don't see a lot. Oh, see, I have Yair here. I have to have to watch it. Thank goodness. Uh, Javier Hidalgo is, uh, with us as well in the morning. Yeah. So people are jumping in. Okay. Sabaho Aditya. Hey man. Um, Yes, yes. Hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, any new Z Fold 2 cases? Uh, has, uh, oh, Hassam. Thanks, CK. So uh, two things. Yes, I do have some new cases coming in. I So there's a problem with, with the, the way... Um, so first and foremost, uh, the question is, is there any new Z Fold 2 cases coming uh, or here? Um, I don't have them yet, but I do know that at least uh, I've reached out to two companies. So Mobilefund.com, uh, this is the one, the website that I mentioned to you guys last week, did actually deliver, which I was really, really happy on. So they shipped out to me the actual original Samsung case. This is the kickstand case that Samsung has. Uh, they're also sending me the leather cases, hopefully within the next day or so. So hopefully by either Monday or Tuesday, I'll have them. Um, I'm also uh, in talks with a company called VRS Design. So VRS Design is also going to be hooking it up with their cases. Um, also some cases for the Galaxy Buds Live. So I'm surprised that there's cases for, since it's technically a case. Uh, but those are going to be definitely there. Finally, ch uh, changed my profile uh, picture on YouTube. Uh, so the weird thing, Matt, it still shows up as it's the same thing on my side. I'm not sure if it's just something to do with StreamYard. It still looks like it, uh, it's the same, uh, but maybe okay, maybe I'm not noticing it. But I, I it kind of looks the same. It's uh, the same lion, uh, just maybe zoomed in a little bit more. Uh, so the short answer is um, yes. So I'm with you on those on the UAG cases. I'm also waiting on some of the more ruggedized cases for the Z Fold 2. Uh, I'm noticing a big trend right now. Initial cases that we saw with Samsung, uh, for the most part, don't cover the front display. It's almost like they don't have, like they're charging. This is actually a somewhat of a premium. Like th this case is 50 bucks. The leather case is 80 bucks. Um, and they only protect half of the device. So which means is uh, now obviously we don't need any that much protection on the actual hinge here on the back, but essentially when the device is open, this entire section has no protection. So meaning if I put it on a table, it's actually sitting flat with the display. Now they did a good job of putting in glass, well not glass protectors, but like screen protectors on both the outside display and the inside display. Uh, but I definitely want to have a little bit more selection. So short answer is next week, I'll have a video for the VRS design cases, as well as some of the original cases from Samsung, the leather cases. And I'm trying to get in as much cases as I can uh, to do videos for you guys on the Z Fold 2. 
Uh, that's one thing if I have to say that was probably not coordinated well with the launch. Uh, Samsung's own site didn't have them available till early October, which means by the end of next week before people can get them. Um, I had an order with Verizon that told me that I can get it in two days. And then once I made the order, it said that it's two weeks two weeks out and that it's in processing, which means I could not cancel my order. So the, be careful where you're getting it. If you can get it and you're 100% sure they have it, like Mobile Fun has cases and they tell you when they're anticipated. So if they don't have them right now, they're definitely going to cover you guys for those. Um, yeah, well, oh, here. So um, Jack Burton Hero uh that was one of the biggest issues with the Z Fold 2. I couldn't get a case. Yeah, no, and which kills me because it's a $2,000 phone, 2000 plus, right? 22 something after tax, if you think about it here in the US. Um, and we had no cases. The UK had some places where they did carry cases. And if they did carry, they had very small number uh, of cases on hand. Uh, and the other weird thing is none of the carriers, so T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, none of them carry them in store. So all of them are online. They carried the phones in the store, but no cases for the phones in the store. Again, very interesting design, uh, or I would not necessarily design, but maybe coordination. I feel like the device uh, PR was not necessarily working with the accessories, but they should have had those. Um, yeah, uh, super weird. Uh, you see the lion. Okay, I see the lion, not lions. Um, I see, oh, I see, I see the lions, but then you click uh, my comment. It shows the across the pond logo. So for me, it still show. Wait, so this is the actual across the pond. Okay, I thought this was across the podcast was a little bit different. This looks very similar to the one I used to see before. Um, here, let me see here. Super weird. Uh, sent you a message. Oh, uh, sent you a, a oh a screenshot screenshot on Twitter. <laughs> we got to start doing the uh, the secondary and the tertiary heading. Let me see if I can bring it up here. And oh, it's even weird. Okay, okay, I see what you mean. So it seems like we're having a slight difficulty. So whatever I'm seeing on the live stream on my end is not exactly what Matt's seeing. So on his end, it looks like whenever I select an, one of his messages, like right now, if I click it, on his end, it shows up. It's across the podcast. On my end, it still shows up the same. So I'm not sure what it is. I'm hoping at the end when the video is done, we'll have to see how that one went. And I did see it over on Twitter. Thank you, Matt. Um, but the short answer is yes, more cases are coming. Um, I did a video for you guys showcasing some of the stuff here that I have on the Tab S7 Plus. Um, and I actually did check out and I was really excited about the uh, the original case that Samsung made for this. Um, used that one for the first couple of days. And then honestly, by the, th by the end of the second day, um, I was actually pretty much, uh, I had a little bit of a problem with that case that made me go back to using the Alexar one. Um, one of the other ones, other cases that uh, the guys over at Mobile Fund sent me. And the fact of the matter is the Samsung case has a very, very nice option to hide or to house the pen, right? So the pen doesn't fall, doesn't have any problems. But let's say you use the tablet for a couple of days and you don't use the pen. Well, the pen still depletes the battery. And by the end of the second day, I couldn't just take out the pen and use it. It actually ended up dying. So I ended up having to put it on the actual tablet. Now, it doesn't take a long time, but for that instant kind of like I wanted to use it right away, it wasn't available. So I decided to, uh, for the most part, unless I'm traveling or I need to make sure that there's a, you know, there's a situation where I don't have to keep the pen like this. I'm just going to use this one. This actually is a lot less expensive and it just basically works great. It gives me the stand that I want. And if I want to be able to use it sideways, it works great. 
Uh, overall, I think any cases that, well, whenever you buy something like this, you definitely want to get a case that protects it, especially with these tablets. I didn't think, or at least I didn't see the need for the $200 uh, keyboard option that they uh, provided, mostly because I wasn't planning on using it like a laptop or, you know, or something like that. So that was one thing I, I wasn't sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, Gary's in, the, Gary's in the live chat. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Uh, sorry, I, I know I look, I'm, I'm looking away from you guys, but I just mostly reading the comments. Uh, Shabbat Shalom, uh, uh, Gary. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, oh, man. So, but as far as the actual usage and, and like the initial impression, this week has actually kind of carried a few things. Um, OnePlus released uh, their beta 2 for their devices. So if you're running on any of the betas for most of the devices, we have a lot of Android 11 betas running. So OnePlus was one of the first companies to put out a beta. So we saw the beta 1 about a, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I put a video over on XDA. But this time I did the second video, which is the beta 2 on my channel. And I did post that, yeah, I think it was a couple of days ago on Thursday. Um, and then overall, the biggest thing that I really liked about it was this nice little... Uh, and this is where I need to kind of grab the right phone. Uh, this nice little option that they added on the lock screen, which enables us to do a silhouette, like a wireframe silhouette of whatever image that you're able to put on it, so which was really, really nice. I like that one a lot. Um, I did put that on on Instagram and Twitter, and a lot of people liked the uh, the little function. And it, uh, it did a decent job of kind of contouring around the actual beer. So that's one thing uh, to kind of work that part. Um, I see the microphone. Yes. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, and one of the other things that I did realize is that uh, the fact, obviously, you know, so Oppo has the Color OS 11 beta that's running in there. This beta that was announced at the same time as uh, obviously the Pixel devices. Uh, we know that on the 30th, which is probably going to be in another few days, so by Wednesday of this week, um, Google is having their launch event. So we know, we've already seen a lot of leaks. We saw a lot of information coming up on the Pixel 5. And the good thing at least is, um, it, it one of the, at least the good leaks that I saw, and I'm hoping it's really true, is that the secondary sensor on the Pixel 5 is gonna be a wide angle lens. We are moving away from a telephoto lens. Something that we've wanted from the first, uh, you know, from the Pixel 4 last year. Um, the one thing I'm, I'm still a little bit on the fence on the fact is, you know, obviously they're not going for a flagship this year. They're going, what it seems like is they're going for a mid-ranger processor, which to a certain point, if you kind of think about it, uh, there's a good chance that the Pixel 4 XL is a slightly more powerful device than what we see with the Pixel 5. Um, I'm not sure if this is something that Google is intending or is it basically that they see it that look, we can provide you a great user experience, a great camera experience, great overall UI element experience, basically loading time usage with the, C with the 7 series processor, you know, give you 5G options if you wanted um, and not necessarily have to go over the, the price point of, you know, having to keep going to that $1,000 price point. So those are the things that we always want to basically appreciate from our devices. The Pixel 4a uh, gave us that little bit of a glimpse. We have the 7 series chipset. We don't have 5G, but then for 350, it's a very, very good device for what you're asking for. So those are the two things coming up. There's the Pixel 4a 5G and the Pixel 5. Uh, then there's also that whole, We I saw some leaks on this. So it was originally codenamed Sabrina. Um, dinner and TK's combination. Oh man, I appreciate it, man. It, it's the timing, right? Uh, Oh man, uh, hey, salam, brother. Subscribe from hey, Alan, Wasan, Alan, salam, Habibi. Uh, yeah, um, the the combination of things that we saw with with Google, which was um, it's actually, uh, <laughs> I really should turn on uh, notifications on this, um, turn off notifications. 
is uh, so it used to be called Sabrina. And from the leak, at least, this is what I've, we've realized is it's still going to be codenamed. It's still going to have like a special feature, but essentially it's still going to be under the umbrella of a Chromecast. So essentially it's going to be a Chromecast with YouTube or with Google TV type of an interface, which is what we essentially knew that was coming. So we knew Sabrina was coming. It was codenamed Sabrina. And the features looked like basically Android TV, but they weren't necessarily Android TV. They were somewhat a little bit different. And the reason I say this is Android TV right now, as we see it on NVIDIA Shield, looks very different than what we saw there. And the UI elements in this system with the new Chromecast seemed closer to the older version of the, um, I would say, Android TV ecosystem before the revamp and the new tile system. So this one is more page and basically just overall content uh, consumption uh, forward. So the goal behind that is obviously it's going to be intended for streaming content. Content. Uh, it's obviously not going to be housing anything. There's no there's, you know, Chromecast is not known for having ports. Essentially, it's it's purely a streaming box, so you can still use it like a Chromecast because you can uh, you know cast things to it. But the exciting part about it is that it actually has has its own UI element, meaning with a remote, either your device or an actual IR remote. Uh, I am assuming BT. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to basically control it and control your TV and still have that very nice minimalistic presence that we've come to appreciate from Chromecast. Now, as far as uh, basically resolution and power, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to see a lot more information about that on the leak. I would imagine that the first generation would hopefully support 4K since you kind of want to go out with a bang kind of a thing. Uh, but we don't know. We'll know a little bit more on Wednesday when the launch event kind of happens in there. Um, yes, dude, appreciate it. All, all the all the fans from India, thank you. Thank you very much for joining. Um, Aditya, I'm super happy for you. Uh, uh, on the show tomorrow. Oh, hey, yeah, tomorrow. Make sure you guys keep uh, keep an eye out for that uh, tomorrow. Matt and Sam obviously cross the podcast at one p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, oh, uh, speaking of which, so I I, I do want to kind of address this since we've we've you know you guys already know. Um, so the Xperia Five, um, the Xperia Five Mark II or II is in the house. There's no question about that. Obviously, you know you you saw it. Um, the content on that is coming. And what I mean by this is going to be very soon. I'll be able to start publishing videos for you guys and we can start having more of an open conversation. Uh, the short answer, uh, <laughs> uh, Joe, oh man, dude, that's, that's a good soiree right there, man. Uh, definitely. Um, so not, not that I didn't want to cover it and not that I didn't want to address it. Um, I do know that a lot of people were, you know, they saw the, the, the picture, you know, on, on Instagram and Twitter. So they know that we have the, the devices in the house. So don't worry. We, uh, I will cover basically just think of it this way. The excitement you saw on my face last week is something that you'd obviously know how excited I wanted to be able to basically for me to get this device to use. The fact that I have it now and I'm able to share, you know, hopefully share with you guys some content is going to be absolutely great. So that's the extent of what I can say essentially again, just confirming what you guys already saw. Uh, and I want to let you know that, you know, content will be coming very, very soon. Um, so quick question here. I, I love, hold on, let's jump real quick. Uh, uh, so just to kind of say, I, I'm totally with you on that one, Matt. It's going to be great. It's going to definitely be great. Um, I, I appreciate the, the, the support there. First things first on the LG wing. Um, so we saw a lot more content, a lot more creators are getting the LG wing. A lot of people are obviously, you know, still able to check it out. I personally don't have it. So still no word back from LG. I, I'm assuming I'm on either some kind of a third, fourth wave of something. Um, so the short answer is please, 
the one thing that I did have to, that I did enjoy this week out of all the content that I saw that I felt like had a little bit more substance into what I wanted to know more about was uh, the Jerry Rig Everything video. And it wasn't most necessarily more about the whole destruction thing. It was more about the disassembly and getting us a closer look at that hinge mechanism. And the fact that it's actually really well or very well engineered, and the fact that it also has two spring mechanism, one to keep it open, one to keep it locked. And of course, that everything is actually tightly uh, integrated. So the design that we have here isn't just an, uh, somewhat of a just, you know, like a snapping mechanism. No, they really put in some thought. It's actually very thin, very durable. Um, still shows us the fact that the display or the outside display, the main display is extremely thin. So I'm not sure how the durability is going to be there again with the fact, you know, the hinge may be super durable, but the fact of the matter is it's, it's screwed on to the back panel or the back uh, panel of that display. So at some point, you know, moving parts will always have, you know, they'll win. So we'll have to see those things. But uh, short answer, still no word from that. And I'm hoping that, that we'll find out more from T-Mobile or at least uh, from a carrier so that we can find out when we are able to pick it up because I'd love to be able to check it out. Um, Samsung also had their Samsung S20 FE. Um, I'm debating if I want to be, if I want to order that. I, I kind of, I felt bad with the Note 20. I jumped the gun on the, initially, if you, as you guys know, the Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra were the devices I picked up right away. Um, I, I really did not, I mean, I tried to give the Note 20 a fair chance. Um, the device overall, the plastic cover didn't have an issue for me. The display was obviously actually has its own positive. It was a flat display. Um, not having a high, high refresh rate was also not a big issue for me. Uh, but it was the fact that in the U.S. it was only at 128 gigs for a thousand dollars, and uh, I felt like the, the limitation with a device like that from Samsung at that price point was trying to push us to the Note 20 Ultra, which is what I already had. So when I had both of them, and I was thinking about which one do I want to be able to give my wife at the end, of at the end, um, I, I couldn't give her one without a memory card because there was just not enough, and there was no 512 model, so I couldn't even jump over to that. So short answer. I didn't end up keeping the Note 20, but the Note 20 Ultra I did end up keeping. And of course, now we know that the Note 20 Ultra is like 300 or 250 bucks cheaper. Uh, so for everybody that jumped in and wanted to get it at day one, uh, unfortunately, kind of maybe in a somewhat of a sour mode, mood like me. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm using the phone and I did and end up doing a trade in for it. So short answer. That's leading me into do I want, I mean, the Note 20 FE is definitely a little bit more flexible. It has an expandable, uh, it has expandable uh, storage. And from the videos we've seen, it's priced right. And oh, uh, by the way, if, if you are considering getting it, um, B&H is running a um, basically a, uh, what's it called? A $100 off with a $70 Samsung credit. So it's about $170 kind of a total savings slash credit. Um, off the F, uh, S20 FE uh, right off the bat. There's no rebate, no sorry, no trade-in or anything like that. So keep that in mind. Um, LG Wing coming to the UK. <laughs> that is good. I'm, I'm glad that it shows. Uh, it's definitely one of those uh, dual, well, you know, like one and a half, 1.5 uh, display of device that's coming in. I appreciate that. And then, of course, uh, Joe is like, woohoo. <laughs> Um, I know Juan is not a fan, uh, not a fan, for example, but I'm really, uh, Jerry, I like, really like Jerry Rig everything. Uh, Zach also does uh, a lot of work for charities. So first and foremost, I agree. I, I, yes. So, uh, the Sentinel nine, uh, the Sentinel nine Oh nine, uh, 
the 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 style of videos i think it's mostly because it's it's mostly destruction right jerry isn't is never doing videos to to just to basically truly show us how to disassemble and reassemble and there is an audience for that and this is one of those things i i watch his videos because um although it's it is focused heavily on those things i also look at them for the sense of durability from what they offer us essentially especially when it comes to mechanical things like these uh so you know like when he disassembled uh, foldable devices when he disassembles things like that those are the things I like to look at because those are things that we otherwise we wouldn't be able to see them unless we see, you know, like obviously iFixit videos and so on. So, and I, and I do appreciate the iFixit style. Like I said, um, for me, when I, when my broke my ROG phone too, I didn't go to Jerry's video because Jerry's video or sorry, Zach's video, Zach's video is not intended for that, right? It's intended just more of a, like that, like I think that's the way Juan says it, uh, destruction stuff. So short answer, there is an audience for everything. And I understand I, I, I enjoy watching the content. Uh, purely for, I would say, you know, it's like saying that I, I watch, I read the magazine for the articles, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know why I just said that comment, but yes. Uh, God, I should, uh, a pocket. Oh, okay. So uh, Matt's going to be in, in a little bit later on. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, that's Note FE. So the Note 20 FE, if the Note 20 FE shows up, in the sense of what 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 people are saying that's going on, um, at the end of the day, I feel like the Note Twenty would fit in what the Note what the Note FE Note Twenty FE would be because in reality, um, it has the similar uh, you know mechanism right that the back is plastic. Um, now, surprisingly, though, the S20 FE has two different models, right? There's the European model that has two. There's the Exynos and the Snapdragon. And there's about about a hundred dollar difference. So, Samsung releasing a uh, basically an S20. Qualcomm Snapdragon 865, not the Plus, um, on the FE in Europe for an extra $100. And you obviously are getting the 5G with that because the Exynos 990, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be the 4G model. So in the US, we don't have those two. We only have one model, and that's going to be the, the Snapdragon. And it's going to start it off at 700 bucks, which is surprisingly not a bad price for a Samsung, especially for what it offers. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so um, LBS, he's basically, you know, we're referencing here. He's saying it's there's the Note 20 FE. Um, I think if they if they are to release something like that, it literally, like, it's hard to make sense. The S20 FE makes sense because of what it offers. It's actually a compromise in certain aspects of the S20 line and what you're getting with it. You're not getting the S20 of 2020, uh, the S20 2020 camera system. You're actually literally kind of getting last year's camera system, which is not a bad system to say. I mean, technically, the even the Z Fold doesn't have the S20 line of devices cameras. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at them in that sense, for $699, you're still getting a decent experience and you're getting a Samsung experience that you know and you'll appreciate. So those are the things we appreciate. Um, I just, I feel like, I don't think any Sam's, any S20 fan is having a problem with that because the S20 FE came out so much later than the S20 came, uh, line came out. So there was no competition realistically. It came out around the time uh, of the Note 20 line. Now, if the Note 20 FE comes out right around the time the Note 20 comes out and the Note 20 Ultra, that's a little bit of a, basically they're 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 almost like going against their own brand in a sense, because they're competing with their higher end models. Although in a sense, you're right, they, they would basically make more of the money there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll be there, of course, man, appreciate it. Oh man, thank you, Aditya, with the super chat, of course. TK, uh, we're gonna get one of those awesome stickers you have on the mic stand. So this is actually part of those uh, that link that's on the site. Um, let me show you guys what I mean. Hold on, and I think if I'm not mistaken, 
so there was a discussion yesterday that we we're going through back and forth with the uh, with the guys um, over in, in messaging. So um, there's the question of basically where where to be able to get one of these guys, the the hat, the the baseball cap, uh, the TK Bay, TK My Bay. Uh, I, I don't usually wear it in the in the in the video because it kind of just does a like that little dark cover on it. But the short answer is uh, that's the baseball cap here. So this one I put out the link for that. It's on uh, on Etsy. One of my one of the guys that I've worked with. Uh, but let me open up here under my messages, and I think I sent it over to Aditya, if I'm not mistaken, here. Uh, where is it? So I can bring up the Teespring here. Okay. So Teespring, we're going to bring it up. Of course, I'm not. My multitasking is just not going everywhere here. So let's do this. Let's jump back into the stream. And again, thank you very much, Aditya, for the, for the super chat. I appreciate that always. Let me go ahead and bring over uh, the second screen. Okay, so what I've done recently is I went into Teespring and I started customizing a lot of extra things. So there's the neck gator. If you if you're from, if you're uh, if you're a fan of the gator style uh, type of face uh, face coverings, those are going to be in there. Uh, the stickers are the ones that right next to it. That's the second thing. That's the uh, the TK sticker. Let's go ahead and bring that in. Uh, there's the mug. There's the cases. That's that one case that I showed you guys last week. Um, the the S20 line, or for me, is the S20 line. But and I think Greg mentioned uh, he was asking actually if it actually covers other devices. So here's there's the Samsung case. There's iPhone. Uh, surprisingly, no, 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 <laughs> no Pixel. Short answer. And then of course there's the iPhone case. So those are the things available. They'll be linked. And of course there's the standard shirt that's been there. Uh, that's been there from for some time sorry and that's twitter because i was uh, sorry that's discord if you guys uh, are not familiar with that channel uh let's jump into here so those are the videos let me just go ahead and remove that one here okay so um short answer yeah there the the stickers are available they're just uh, you need to click them and usually they show up in the video after the video has been live so it, it's uh something that i think um, if I'm not mistaken, let me just go do this here. Uh, the way Google does it, at least for live streams, it doesn't add them to the bottom of the video. It add them after it adds them after the video becomes live. Uh, oh, and here it is. Of course, if you guys are checking it out in the, in the chat, uh, Matt did uh, drop that comment in there with the link. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, if Samsung stays consistent, they're going to be a major price drop in the FE uh, fan edition. Realistically, yes, if you think about it. Now, unless it starts selling like hotcakes, which is, I think, what's going on with Samsung, and at least right now, uh, there's been some reports coming out that the Note 20 line sales are at least have been dipping. Uh, that could be the main reason why the, the the price drop on the Note 20 Ultra dropped so quickly after the launch event. I mean, we're not even a month out, realistically, about a month after the launch event, and it dropped by 250 bucks. That says a lot for a brand to do so. Now, the fact is, Coupled the current situation with what's going on and the fact that their prices keep going up every year, um, I feel like at the end of the day, people are starting to realize that they have other options. The mid range, the, uh, the mid rangers are starting to be more of the uh, where people are focusing most of their sales. So I think that's where most companies are going to make money. I don't think it's going to be at the ultra expensive because that's where very few, a smaller number of people will be willing to go that high to buy it. It's going to be that mid range. So the S20 FE, I feel like, is the right price for the features. It has to deliver on basically the overall experience. So with the 865 5G, we already know it's fast. We already know it has a lot of horsepower, a large display. Now, some of the tech in there isn't going to be obviously hitting all the super high numbers, but 120 refresh rate is still really high for 700 bucks. 
and you're getting the one UI experience, uh, basically usability, the large 4,500 milliamp battery. Uh, of course, we have wireless charging, reverse wireless charging. Now, they carry the plastic back. But at the end of the day, seriously, guys, if you're putting a case on your phone or if you're doing any kind of coverage, a skin, a case, whatever, plastic or glass doesn't really matter. I think the biggest thing that we need to always appreciate is as long as we have glass on the front, and it does seem like the, S, uh, the S20 FE has at least Gorilla Glass 3. It's not using the same Gorilla Glass 7, I think, that we have on the newer devices. But again, it's not that it's an issue. You get a glass protector on it on top of that, and you're solid for 700 bucks. So that's why I really think, I don't think it's going to have a big issue. I think it's, for the most part, we need to see how the demand is going to be by comparison. Also, once we start seeing carriers have these devices, we'll need to have to see how these things go. Um, uh, the Huawei Nova 5T, the last Huawei with Google, uh, no, uh, the last Huawei with, actually, I take that back. I, I'm not very familiar with the Nova. I know that the, the, the big, the, so their flagship with Google Play services was, uh, the, um, if I'm not saying, I think it's the P, uh, the, the P30 Pro. The P30 Pro was the last flagship with Google services because the P40 came out without, um, but as far as the Nova line, I'm not sure. I, I would I would almost be tempted to say, I, I want to say it is because I remember I think uh, Honor did rebrand the 5T to be their version of the 9X, um, the Honor 9X, uh, I think the 9X Pro that they sold in Europe with Google Play services later in 20, uh, in, at the end of the year. So that's something to be there. But um, that could be the last one. I have to double check that. Right off the top of my head, I want to say yes, I, but I'm not 100% sure there. Um, But you, so Sentinel, the Sentinel 909 is asking is how much do you think it would be able to drop? I think if there is a price drop on, so if we if we just kind of go with what's going on with the Note 20, or the Note 20 Ultra, um, they dropped roughly about maybe less than 10 percent. Well, that's yeah, actually, so they went they went about 250 roughly on a 1300. So it's almost 10 percent, a little bit less than 10 percent. So almost eight to 10 percent. If they do that with the uh, with the FE, I think it's realistic, but I don't think it'll drop right away. I'm thinking they're probably going to end up doing it more in specials. Example like that one would BNH. BNH out of the box is already taking hundred dollars, so it's six hundred bucks on BNH if you pre-ordered now without having to trade in anything. So if you buy directly from Samsung, you're paying seven hundred bucks. You get seventy dollar credit for the pre-order, so that's kind of nice. But then BNH is doing it one better and giving you another hundred. So he's still getting the seventy dollars from Samsung as a credit to buy accessories, and then you're getting a hundred dollars off. So I think that's probably the route they're going to go with, and and I think we're starting to see it. They're trying to prime the pricing there, so for people that are early adopting or that want to buy this early enough, they'll be able to save some money. And I think yeah, you're right. The price point and of course the secondary market will definitely uh, absorb that right away. Um, Oh, hey, Andrew. Good morning, man. Good morning. Uh, or, and hopefully you're doing well. I think it's in the afternoon for you a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's the link. The mask is <laughs> Joe. Yeah, no, that was the intention behind that. The, the gator was so I have one on order. I'm waiting for mine as well. Uh, because so I we always have to put something on, right? We have to have a face covering or going on. So why not have a, a face covering that has the logo with it that just literally covers from the nose down as if I don't have it up there. And obviously it'll be a little bit over the nose on my side. But so the short answer is that was the whole, uh, the whole thing. I was enjoying it and I couldn't find a local retailer that could help me do it. So Teespring is doing a great job there. Um, I am still trying to work with the with the with the gal from um, across the podcast, the lady that helped them out with their stuff. 
Vegeta again. And um, but she seems to be a little bit busy lately, and I haven't heard from her for the last couple of weeks. So I had to kind of pull the trigger and kind of move on with with Teespring till I'm able to work something out with her. Um, yeah, oh man, absolutely. So yeah, so here, Liam, uh, Liam Grogan. This uh, I absolutely love the fold too. I just wish I could afford it. Um, it, it is a high price. It, it is heavily a high price for me. I. There was a small story, and, and I'll, I'll try to make it a quick story for you guys, hopefully. Um, the the answer is the the No 20 scenario that I kind of talked to you guys about at the beginning and the, when I ended up returning it. At the time that I was purchasing the No 20, there was a little bit of a, like, I would say basically an FYI, more of a lessons learned that I know now not to do too quickly. If you're buying something from a company, it doesn't matter if it's Samsung, T-Mobile, whatever, and you're traded in a device. So that's this is where the the, the, the big thing that happened for me. Um, I got the Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra. I was super excited. I sent in my trade-in devices. They got my devices. They checked them in. They gave me credit on the account. Everything was great. All of that before my two weeks, uh, you know, the buyer's remorse period that we have with Samsung where you're able to return your device. And what happened for me is that literally at the last day of my buyer's remorse, I was able to contact Samsung because that was when I basically, I was ready to give my Note 20 to, uh, to my wife and I was keeping the Note 20 Ultra. And at that point, sell the S20 Ultra. Um, so I contacted them and everything was fine with the return. And, and they, I, the only problem that I had with this is here is where the little bit of a hiccup and where I would recommend you not being so fast on trading in your device. Because I had returned, because I had turned in my my S10 and because they received it and gave me credit for it on the uh, on the Note 20 Ultra, on the Note 20, when they processed my return, they can't give me back my phone. Also, they can't give me back my money because they never paid me, right? They gave me a credit towards the account. So there was never an amount of money transacted there. So if, even if they wanted to, let's say they do the return for the, for the amount that I did pay out of pocket, they can't give me the 550 back because in reality, my total at the end when I ordered it, Samsung deducts the, the, the trade in value right off the bat. So I was stuck with about 550 bucks credit for the uh, for the S10. Obviously, that that credit is lower now, but it was 550 at the time. Um, and Samsung's only answer to me was, uh, "We can give you a credit towards a future purchase, but we can't give you your phone." So the lessons learned here that if you guys are not a hundred percent, like you know from day one, I got the phone, I got the tablet, I got whatever, and I, you know, I'm sure I'm gonna keep it. Don't trade in your device right away. Wait till at least you're closer to that point because they give you a couple of weeks to send it in, anyways. There's no prize for sending it in early. Um, luckily, I was thinking about getting the S, uh, the Z Fold two, and for me at least, what ended up happening is. They transferred my credit from the uh, the 550 trade-in device that I had for the Note 20 over to my Z Fold 2. So at least in in a, in a sense, I didn't lose my money, but I couldn't get it back. So they gave me that credit towards the Z Fold 2, and that dropped the price a little bit for me there. That's a little bit how it helped me. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to relate to your story there, but it's mostly just the... Um, the answer there is just if you don't have to, don't send it in unless you're 100% sure. Because if you do send it in, you're going to be stuck in a situation where the retailer will only give you a credit towards another purchase, which means if I wanted to buy the Z Fold 2 from, let's say, T-Mobile or somebody else, I couldn't. I would have had to buy something from Samsung that was over 550 to me for me to get that money back. So that was a big lesson to learn on my side. Uh, so that was for you, Liam. Hopefully, too, not too long of an answer there. Um so fat produce or Andrews basically, you know, same, uh, same is, is really upsetting the spread, um, on their shotgun approach to smartphones. Um, the, the year, this is the year where we're getting a lot of devices, right? I mean, if you think about it, 
Uh, we're at the end of the year, we're starting to see the secondary, I would say the second release of most devices. So the upgraded uh, models, uh, the short, you know, obviously we know that the AT from, uh, from uh, OnePlus is going to have 120 Hertz display. There's that really fast charging that they're talking about. They're also, you know, that's going to be coming out next month. Um, you know, the Xperia 5 now, the Xperia 5 is not really a secondary, like, you know, T line, it's a separate line. So there's the one before, and now we have the Xperia 5. So that's a little bit different. Uh, but we definitely see other companies going in there. We know that Xiaomi is going to have another launch event uh, in another, uh, I think it's next week. So there is a lot of devices coming out. Samsung this year released three S20s. Now with the FE, there's four S20s, two Note 20s, Z Fold, two Z Flips, and the year is not over yet, right? So if we think about it, there's a lot of devices, and this this is excluding the air, their air, A line and M line of devices. I'm only talking about the S and the N line, which is also rumored to basically be uh, you know going away next year, and they're going to try it a little bit different with the approach with the new you know 2021. We'll have to see. Um, and then there's the other thing, of course, that there's the whole iPhone. Well, sorry, the the Apple Watch and the iPad launch event, but no mention of the iPhone. And now we're waiting for the other iPhone event. Um, you know, we had literally what, five unpacked. If you think about it, sorry. Um, there's the S20 unpacked, the Note 20 unpacked, the Z Fold unpacked, and then there was the FE unpacked. So there's a lot of unpacks going on. Um, MJA says uh, the XR iPhone 11 or SE 20, uh, 20, S20, uh, sorry, or the S20 SE. I'm assuming you meant FE or the S20 FE. Um, if you're on the iPhone bandwagon, I would probably say that the XR and the 11 are pretty much the same. Uh, the uh, iPhone uh, or basically S20 FE is basically a Samsung equivalent, if you think about it. Um, although I think it's the a little bit better than what the XR and the, uh, are going to be or the X, uh, the um, the iPhone 11, because those are technically running on the X, uh, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, on the uh, A13 Bionic, as opposed to the A14 that's going to be coming out this year. So something to keep in mind that more than likely, you know, processor wise, uh, the S20 will be a little bit better camera wise. I feel like it's going to be a toss up depending on what you're more comfortable with. If you're more into video, iPhone will always be a little bit better. If you're on basically more like multitask and customizations, I, the Apple ecosystem or the iOS 14 is definitely getting closer with whole, you know, with the widgets of folders and a whole bunch of different things. But I still think uh, Android beats what we get with, I, with iOS, mostly because that we can actually change our launcher. We can change the entire element of launcher, not just customize the only launcher we have. So from a flexibility, if you're coming from an Android device, your S20 FE will definitely do well. If you're coming from another iOS device, like an iPhone or anything like that, uh, I would recommend you just stick into that because I feel like that'll be more comfortable and more uh, easier for you to transition to. Um, Oh, Fabil, uh, yes, no, the, the Discord that you were looking at, that was actually uh, Juan Carlos's Discord. It wasn't mine. Um, I'm actually a, a big participant of Juan Carlos's uh, main team there. So I appreciate the uh, access to it. And uh, I usually jump in and every once in a while just to chit chat with a few of the guys. So uh, I don't have one directly. I, I need to... Um, I need to set some stuff up and try to figure out how to augment the experience with the channel a little bit. Um, I did get the chance uh, through YouTube to be able to start doing the join option. I didn't set it up all the way. I have a few tiers going on, but I feel like a Discord server would definitely be something that we can either collaborate or augment the experience with, especially for for more like development related and of course, you know, questions and answers and stuff like that. Um, but hopefully soon. So uh, Joe's asking, Samsung realized that there was a gap in the uh, in the rising price of flagships has created that it created. The reality is that yes, it, it's been like that for for quite some time though, right? I mean, I remember back when a new S7, like the S7, was 
750, like 750 to 799. And at that time, I thought that was expensive. That was their flagship, right? We didn't have any phone that kind of came to try to cross the $1,000 line. Apple crosses the $1,000 line and then suddenly it's free for all. Everybody can jump over that line and try to do you know that, that experience. And as long as you're able to justify it with the function and the features that you're releasing with it, meaning it's a foldable device. If it, let's say if it's uh, like you know the, the Microsoft Surface Duo, those are those are unique experiences that demand that uniqueness. And obviously, they know they're not going to sell a lot of them. They know that it's going to be basically more of a smaller niche experience, and not everybody's going to go for it. I think the Note 20 or the S, the Z Fold 2 this year though did something very different than the first one. Because of all the issues that the first generation had and because of all of the problems that Samsung did own up to and this did actually take responsibility, they pulled back from the first release of the Fold, they brought it back and they fixed some of those concerns, although, again, still the same experience for the most part. Um, and then now with the, Z, with the Z Fold 2, they gave us, and it is a very clear uh, change in design into the elements of what the Z Fold is supposed to do. And we see the benefits here. And I feel like it's definitely much more what we wanted out of the first fold. And now it's available with the Z Fold 2. And that's why a lot of people are trying to get it. Um, where the debacle comes in a little bit is the, the casing for it, not available accessories for it. That's one thing for me. Um, the I saw somewhere where there's a comment about the Honor 9X. I cannot, uh, sorry, I think it jumped in. Uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Hey, yeah. Sorry, guys. I kind of jumped in. Oh, Adam is in the chat. Hey, man. Tech Odyssey. Adam is in the chat. Welcome, man. Good morning. Uh, oh, man. I saw somewhere where there was a, a comment. Sorry, guys. I'm having to scroll back a little bit. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, the Honor 9X has Google Play. Yes, and that's because it's a rebranded Huawei Nova device. So that was um, the reason why behind that. So it, a lot of people were wondering is how was Honor able to release a Google Play device after the whole situation is going on? It's because they took a, a pre-existing certified device under Huawei, their parent company, and rebranded it as an Honor device in a different market, making it so that it's available under that name. So that was the main device. If you look at it spec for spec, it, it for the most part is the exact same device. Uh, the here fat produce or uh, Andrew saying, what do you think of the, uh, of the S20 FE standing against the V60 in term of price? So it is a little bit cheaper than the, than the V60, but I feel like the S20, it doesn't really compete in the same realm. The V60, and this is something that Juan and, Juan and I are going to talk about a little bit more in the, in the upcoming weeks, hopefully a little bit of a sneak peek there as well. Um, you guys already know we're trying to do possibly, you know, like re resonate or re reignite a challenge between his channel and my channel. Uh, and I think he's going to let me borrow his uh, his duo. But the short answer with the V60 to your question, Andrew, is um, I think the V60 stands on its own realistically. OK, um, just from a spec to spec right now, because I haven't used the uh, the, the S20 FE because I don't really you know, obviously don't have it yet. And it's not out. Um, I think the V60 still holds its own. I think it it's the it's the case or the use case or the customization level that you want. If you want a device for one with one one display that gives you a 1080p 60 frames per second experience, great cameras on the back and on the front, uh, 5G, 865, 5000 milliampere, dual stereo speakers, wireless charging, all of the things that you want from a smartphone or a flagship device in 2020, that it does that really nicely at 799. And that's, I guess, the original launch price. It may be even cheaper now. If you want to have a secondary case to be able to use a second display for it, you have that option for the uh, for the V60. If you want to use a pen input with a stylus with the bamboo pen, you have that option. Where the S20, even though it's a little bit cheaper, 
doesn't really have those type of flexibilities. It's really focusing more on the experience of a single, uh, basically, for the lack of a better term, uh, glowing rectangle type of a device experience. And I think if you're looking for that and you really like Samsung's ecosystem, you're going to enjoy it a lot. If you're really looking for more of a powerhouse and really good productivity and just basically, uh, you know, bigger battery, uh, stereo speakers, obviously very close, a headphone jack that is just obviously not going to be on any other device. Uh, I think the V60 holds its own. So I would still pick the V60 over the uh, the, S the FE. Uh, they're running the same processor. They're, it's not really a big jump overall from what we're getting. Um, and I feel like the build material will definitely hold up a better. Um, uh, Gregor's saying, hey, everyone. Good morning, man. Gregor's, uh, hey, my first TK podcast. I managed to join it. Uh, hey, Gre hey, Greg, good morning. Uh, Gregor, sorry. Okay, sorry, yeah. Grez, oh, Grez Gors. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say Greg. I, I don't, I don't want to butcher it there. But, uh, um, will Huawei the Y9 2019 get me UI10? The 2019 model should be able to. So 2019, 2020 should be able to get uh, the update. The release is the question of when that's going to happen. It, they usually cover you at least for one extra, uh, an extra week. Um, at T, oh, at IK Tech, please. Ah, man, I, I know. It, I would say basically uh, uh, just take your time with the questions and we'll definitely be cool. Um, hey, Greg, Fall 2 is a, uh, is an investment. So the uh, SLB LBS is, it is an investment. Um, this is something that I've, I haven't done or I didn't do with my first fold. The first two folds that I carried, I... I bought them, I paid the money for them, and I I had the experience. Basically, I wanted to keep, uh, use them as my daily driver. But what happened is that basically, you know, that you know how like if you've ever bought a device and you're switching from one phone to the other, periodically you're going to have to do basically that massive dump. But what we do as you know, as reviewers, and I, as you guys know, I try I transfer devices or I change devices too often for me to be able to do so. Um, I typically have one device that carries my personal stuff. Like those are the family taking care of stuff around the house and all of that stuff. It's a separate phone. And um, I typically don't switch that device as often as the rest of the devices that I use on the daily to, to review or to do content from. So the short answer is, the Z Fold 2 this time um, is some is the device I decided to basically switch over to. So that's going to be my device that I carry with me for, for those purposes. So I, I'm definitely very much into the, as you say yourself, uh, as an investment. Um, I don't see, I mean, it's not going to be something that I feel like is going to give me money back. I think it's more of an enjoyment. Uh, it is absolutely a, an enjoyment to be able to open up the phone, uh, use it on the full, sc uh, full screen. Um, the optimizations that Samsung has done. I did a couple of videos like last week and the week before on the uh, basically the tips and tricks and the advanced tips and options that you can do with the Z Fold 2. And Samsung has done a lot of work to fix that. Uh, the integration of specific custom widgets or modules within GoodLock are very, very nice. And it really enhances the experience. So short answer, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, check out the, the Z Fold 2. If you have a chance to stop by a Samsung store or so on, it's definitely worth checking out. And it's a lot better than what we've seen in the past. And and I would say it's even better than what you've seen online. Till you hold it in your hands and open it up and close it, you, you'll understand the experience of why people are so excited about it. Um, oh, here we are. Okay. Uh, Adam, oh yeah, congratulations, Adam, hitting thirty thousand subscribers at DTA. Thank you, thank you for the reminder. Oh man, appreciate it, dude. Ah uh, oh, man, so here, uh, fabulous Fa Couldn't find the Palm PC that you suggested. Uh, the name. What about the uh, the Chewy Lark? Uh, oh, Larkbox 4K or the GMK of? 
Um, Chewy makes makes some portable PCs. I've seen. I, I have. I think I even have one somewhere here. It's one of those very small, ultra thin PCs. My question would be: Is what is the the main purpose of that you're trying to use it for? Is it basically truly to have a PC experience, or is this something that maybe a Chromebook can actually uh, fit in, like a Pixelbook Go, that maybe even a little bit more functional for you? If you could just elaborate a little bit more on that, Fabel. Um, doing great. Thanks. Hopefully, you're having a good day as well. Oh, definitely appreciate it, Adam. But yeah. Um, Adam, actually, I, I saw a tweet from Adam during the week that really uh, stood out to me. Is so you know we all we all want to do the best that we can. We all want to make sure our kids are happy and they're enjoying the, themselves. Uh, Adam set up a gaming rig with a like a headset, microphone, PC for all of his kids. They're all set up. Um, also, his wife just started up a YouTube channel. Uh, I I don't. Uh, Okay, so I, I'm sorry, Adam. I the name, I haven't seen the channel enough times for it to kind of resonate. Uh, Adam did tweet it. Uh, it is on his Twitter account. If you have want to check it out, Tech Odyssey. Uh, and uh, I want to say Awesome Susan, but I could be wrong. Uh, his wife just started, and she did a video on the, uh, the Sony XV uh, XV one, the ZV one uh, camera. She did an initial impressions of that. So definitely show some love there if you guys can. Um, oh, see, Joe Joe found him definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder where, okay, uh, whether some of these devices were planned for earlier this year and they were just delayed. Um, I think the 22, so some some devices could have been probably part of that. I think the Z Fold 2 could have come out a little bit earlier because if you think about it, that you know the Z Fold 2 came out much earlier last year. Uh, but I think the offset for that was the fact that at, at the end of 2019, they released the Fold. At the beginning of 2020, they released the Z Flip, and that was before the whole situation was happening, right? We had that going on as the situation was developing. In February, we saw the Z Flip. And I think what happened is that they they released the Z Flip 5G just on its own kind of thing, no events, nothing, just the upgraded version. And if you think about it, then the Z Fold 2 was more of the release cycle of when it's supposed to be. The only device that I can probably say that maybe was des uh, delayed a little bit from when it was originally supposed to could be the, uh, the, the S20 FE, but I feel like it's, again, intended more to be more in competition with uh, or come out around the time where most people are not looking at the S20 line anymore. And this is kind of a, a way for them to get access to that type of experience for a little bit lower price. Uh, <laughs> Liam, how may, um, I'm not sure, but I th uh, there's a lot of devices coming up. Um, do you think that the Z Fold 2 will, will cannibalize the Note line if they put an S Pen uh, in, in the Fold? Um, I think to a certain point it will. Yes, I think I think if we so if we if we look at it from this just the sense of what we're looking here, right? If they're able to put a pen input on the external display, because I'm I'm still I'm still in the theory of we'll get to this version of the Note slash Fold hybrid before we'll get to the hybrid or the the Note experience where we're opening it and we're actually using an actual pen input on the actual internal display. Uh, that one that once that becomes a thing, once that becomes an option for somebody to pick up. Um, there is really not much of a need for the Note anymore, if you think about it. The Note's uniqueness, the Wacom display, display type of an experience, is purely lived on the fact that it needs a special display to use it. If we're able to make the, the Z Fold 2 have that functionality, I think the Note line will start becoming a little bit less... Um, it, it may be a companion line, but it just, like I said, it won't be as prominent as it used to be before. But I feel like a lot of people want to be able to get that because tablets are much better. I mean, I don't mind the Z Fold 2 and I don't mind the Note, but I'm telling you right now that if I have a tablet that is this big, the size of what a regular paper is going to be, and I'm actually writing on something like this, 
this makes more sense to me than to do it on a small pen. Um, and of course, having that functionality with the, what the Z Fold 2 can offer us with a slightly bigger display is going to be much nicer. Let's go ahead and make sure to get this in. Uh, if not, definitely give it to us on a uh, something that can just become more functional. And then, you know, that, that could be the ultra premium. Uh, the price point of the Z Fold is still a lot more than a Note. So even though the Note is $1,300 or maybe about $1,050 now after the discounts that they've done, that's a big thousand dollar difference between that and the z fold 2 and i don't know if a lot of people will want to pay an extra thousand just to get that extra display uh, it'll it'll definitely impact it but i don't think it'll take over that's probably that would be the best way to say it uh well, hopefully we, oh dude uh, oh so here uh Sheikh Hassan, uh bring us the dragon ball uh, dragon ball podcast been asking this for a month man i know i know uh the the problem with this is it's hard for me to shift the entire channel just to do that i can i can say this much um that dragon ball plays a very big part of the channel if nothing else and not that i want to hide your comment um uh Sheikh, but if you kind of look at how my whole office is always kind of like running around it um I do want to. I do want to. Basically, I would say probably maybe the best way to do it is this. I think maybe next week on the uh, on the podcast, maybe dedicate a uh, like the beginning part or the, somewhere in the middle in there, dedicate a specific time where we just sit down and talk about Dragon Ball. And I think that'll be the best way to test it out. So uh, I'll take you up on that opportunity. I think I'll take you up on that on that challenge. I know it's been months. Uh, you're asking for it, and uh, I I actually like the idea. I, I love be able to basically just chit chat about Dragon Ball stuff, especially with the. Um, some of the new uh, new series that's uh, not the new series, but like you know the new manga that's coming up, and talk about theories. And of course, uh, I, I keep seeing some stuff on on, uh, on Goku, and of course some of the updates. I don't know if you guys play uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, but they just introduced Master Roshi not that long ago, so that's also a lot of fun. So I'll, I'd love to be able to do that one. Um, oh, that was the one we took that before. I think I'm looking backwards and. Uh, oh, Zenchi, hey, Sabah, Salam alaikum. Hey, hope you're doing well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think you were going, you were traveling down to Lebanon at some point. Uh, if I, I, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I, I may be mixing it up. Oh yes. Uh, so don't forget about the Mi 10T hoping it's the global ultra. So Xiaomi on, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's on the 30th. So it's roughly, not roughly, it is the same day as, um, the pixel, uh, launch event. Um, so Xiaomi is releasing, uh, we're having a launch a launch of it. So most of us are anticipating basically, or at least for me, uh, the, the, the T line of series, right? So essentially it's going to be the successor, the upgraded version of what we saw before. I'm really hoping that the Ultra does come out. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen uh, really a lot of people wanted to see is we saw them showing it off. We saw some people holding it and doing some quick hands-on, but it, it, the... The, the 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 Xiaomi or the Mi 10 Ultra, the Mi Ultra, the, the global edition of the Ultra would definitely be appreciated. If you guys are not familiar with it, this is the one Xiaomi device that has. Um, it is a foldable device, but it's not foldable where it unfolds. It's where the display wraps around the actual device from the front and on the back. The camera mechanism or the camera UI or, or camera elements are all in the center in the back. And then, of course, you have that wrap around and you hold the device. You're able to basically use it on the front, on the back and on the side. Um, the very, very unique, very exciting new form factor that it, if it did end up becoming something that's available will be really exciting. I always worry about these things when it comes down to durability, especially exposed displays on the outside that are not protected in any side uh, because of any kind of potential ding or whatever. But again, if there's somebody that can do it, Xiaomi is going to be a, 
the main forefront there. Uh, the other thing that Xiaomi is doing really nicely is they're also improving the camera mechanics or the mechanism with the display that enables us to actually have cameras behind the display on the front facing, as opposed to having them be a pop-up or a punch hole camera. So looking forward to seeing some of those. Uh, no word yet from Xiaomi other than obviously that's going to be it's their their fall line release, and it, I think for the most part, it's going to be the updated version of their devices. Um, I can't hold on. Let me see here. Uh, Adam covers ninety nine percent of what I'm interested in about his uh, in, in about his videos. <laughs> Always, Adam videos are really really nice. I appreciate that, of course. Uh, <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. You got it. Uh, okay, so Lenny G's having a quick question. Okay, TK, I can't find that one video that actually plays sound through the Microsoft Surface speaker. It has a uh, it has a bad one for every. Is, is, is it? It has one. Uh, is it as bad as everyone is saying? Um, it's. I don't know how to explain this correctly. It, it's not a. There's there's some design elements in the in the duo where. The, the device first doesn't have a stereo speaker, right? So the device has a single firing speaker that's present on the second display. So if you're holding the Duo, it's not the one with the earpiece and the microphone, it's the second display that has the speaker. So it's not necessarily that the speaker is bad. The speaker is loud enough that you're able to use it for stereo, you know, conference calls, for playing games and so on. I think the experience and the placement of the speaker is what makes the experience a little bit off. Uh, because if you're playing games on the device and let's say you're just holding the Duo and you flip over the screen to the back and you're playing games, the speaker is facing away from you and you're playing and the sound doesn't sound as strong. So that's why I recommended in my videos when I was doing on the on the initial time that I had with the Duo is whenever you play games on them, play them on the second display and that way the speaker is facing you, you're getting a better experience. Because we don't have a headphone jack and you do need to use Bluetooth, USB-C is just not going to be a big big option unless you're using basically like a bullet's wire, uh, the bullet's wire, the headphones or something like that. Um, so the reason why people say that it's not a great speaker, it's because of that. Now, it's not a very bassy speaker and it doesn't have a lot of good depth into it. And it is a little bit tinny on the higher levels. And it also doesn't get very loud. But you have to keep in mind that the size of the duo and the thickness of the device, there's not enough space for them to basically be able to build in a really good uh, earpiece. So that would be my experience and the best, the best way to explain. It. Uh, not, not a very strong speaker, but I don't think people are buying... The, the duo for the sound experience because I think Bluetooth does a good job of what they need it for. It's truly the multitasking. It's the fact that the UI forces you to use two displays to do all your work all the time. And it's not a an accessory. It's not a it's not a foldable where I'm able to close the device and use the external. I have to use both those devices, both those displays. So once you get into that for a couple of days, I think it's something that you will appreciate and enjoy, and the speaker becomes somewhat of a more of a secondary situation. Uh, for phone calls, conference calls, and everything, it works great. Again, it's loud enough for you, to be able, for you to use them that way, but I don't think it's going to basically you know, stand out as one of the best speakers on the market. That's the best way to say it. I wouldn't knock it down because it's usable. It is definitely good for what you need to do with it. Um, Joe Hick, uh, Hickey is saying, the Mi 10 is a, it's different. Is Mi 10 is different to the Ultra. Will will have an LCD screen like the Poco X3. Uh, from what I've seen on the leaks, yes, uh, it seems like they're they're going with uh, more of a, an IPS LCD panel. And the the X3 NFC, I think for me was a very interesting experiment. Really, if you think about it, it's a sub 200 or a 200 euro device, depending on. I mean, and I, I saw somewhere some people are saying the price actually kind of went up a little bit depending where you're getting it. But the short answer is. For around 200 to 250 euros, uh, 
you know, again, roughly about the same thing in the US. Getting a, an IPS LCD panel that is this big at 120 hertz gaming experience, stereo speakers, um, the overall experience that you normally expect from Poco, and of course, a headphone jack that's built in there. I think it's really impressive. I really hope that we see that cross over to what Xiaomi is offering because Poco runs on its own, even though it's a Xiaomi subsidiary, it's still technically its own brand. It's kind of like Black Shark, right? They they sell things a little bit different and they, they change the experience there. Um, I have the Mi 10 and the Mi 10 Pro, uh, and I think uh, those two devices are amazing. Um, if they are able to keep some of the main elements in there and still give us a great experience, even if it does go a little bit to IPS LCD, I think if 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 there's a benefit to that, obviously with a higher refresh rate, because that's I feel like the one thing that we didn't get with the Mi 10 is we we were capped at 90. 90 is is great, but I think 90 is what used to be like last year, the like beginning of 2019, 20. 2020 is literally the year of 120, and now uh, by the end of the year, we're looking at basically more devices coming up with the 144. So we saw the ROG Phone 3. Uh, we know that uh, you know, um, I think it was it the sorry the Red Magic uh, the Red Magic 5G had the 144 already. So there's no surprise that I think a lot of companies are trying to jump into. Uh, yes, no, uh, Lenny, I, I think I, I figured that you meant the uh, the Surface Duo in the in the comment that you had in there. Um, there needs to be a poll where uh, where is TK what is uh, where 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 is TK wearing watch number three? Um, <laughs> okay, so I'll 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 answer this right now before we go too far with the conversation. Uh, um, I carry two watches mostly because I tend to compare watches to each other. So I have the take it back. So this is the Galaxy Watch Three. This is the one I've been watching. I did a, I'm watching. I've, been, I've done a few videos for you guys on. Um, um, on the channel many many times and uh the the watch on the second side here is this is the oppo watch this is the uh oppo watch the the one with the snapdragon processor not the china model one um the reason why i have it on the second hand is because i'm running metrics and i'm also trying to keep numbers running on both of them uh, i need to do a video for you guys i've had it for about a couple of weeks which I, I feel now it's it's enough time for me to get this full um you know, battery life, uh, customizations, uh, format updates, and so on. Uh, watches need a little bit more time and a little bit more care for you before you put content, especially devices like these. Uh, now, I did, I I did not receive the um, I think was it called uh, the TicWatch Pro, the TicWatch Three Pro, which was just announced a few days ago. Uh, I did reach out to Mobvoi. I've worked with them for many, many times, and I'm hoping that you know, if they're watching the show, please, please hook hook a brother up and uh, let me let me get some love with the the that Watch Three Pro because it's also running the new Snapdragon uh, 4100 uh, series processor, which again is a newer version than the 3100 that I have here on this, and this is super fast, like night and day the way the experience of uh, Wear OS on a mobile device. So I'm looking forward to checking that. But yes, there's two watches on me. Uh, and I used to at one point carry the Mi Band, uh, the Mi Band 5, but that one is, <laughs> that one's sitting in my son now. He's using that one right there. Um, so Joey B is asking is, is there, uh, is there something higher than 120? So the Snapdragon 865 back at the end of 2019, uh, the the limitation, or at least at the launch event, they said that the maximum resolution or the maximum refresh rate that the uh, the Snapdragon 865 can handle is 144 hertz. So 1080p panel at 144 is basically what they said. So the Red Magic 5D, the, uh, the ROG Phone 3, both have of those have those. Now the Red Magic 5, sorry, the ROG Phone 3 through some development options is able to, uh, it's actually capable of going up to 160 frames per second, but realistically 144 is what it's advertised. And that's basically where it's able to sustain that basically at 144. 
So hopefully that answers that question. Um, yes. Oh, I was out for a couple of days and joined you. In, hey, man. <laughs> hey, morning. Good morning, man. Uh, Mike Cora. No, uh, no, that would be on the shoe. That's where most of the other ones, if you guys haven't seen those before, there, there are some smartwatches like the, I think was it called the honor band that enabled you to actually clip it to your shoe. So it actually used the shoe momentum to be able to count your steps. But no, I, I'm not, I won't go to that, uh, to that level. And if it is on the ankle, it'll probably be a monitor. And, and at that point we're in a different conversation. Um, Oh, dude, yes. Uh, let's see where this is. Uh, my, instead, instead of a smartwatch, I am I'm following. Uh, okay, uh, instead of a smartwatch, I'm following Juan's half-joking advice of buying a Pixel Four A instead and wearing it as an on an armband. Um, I think it's a great uh, mobile PC. I mean, there was a time, so not to kind of make a joke of it, but he said realistically, there was a time where there was a lot of focus on smartwatches that are essentially small form-factored smartphones that sit on your wrist. Um, I've covered some of them in, uh, in the past here, and I, I think it was it... Um, I think the Neptune watch was one of them, if I'm not mistaken. And it was essentially, it was a lot bigger. Like it was a much bigger, like literally a big slab that sat on your wrist and is intended to literally be a small form factor PC. Uh, running a Pixel 4a on your smart on your on your wrist, it definitely will be about the same price as some of these smartwatches. It'll do more, and I can assure you, your video calls will be a lot better off of that one. Uh, and you can basically snap it off, use it as a smartphone, snap it back on, and you're done. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm with you though. I think it's a great uh, <laughs> Joey's Joey's with the same thing. I think Joey's saying, yeah, no Juan. I think I, I've heard Juan say that in the past, and I realistically think it's. As comical as it stands, I really think somebody should be able to do something like that. Uh, maybe slightly smaller form factor, but use pretty much like the entire Pixel 4a experience and, and can definitely do something very strong with that. Um, fold, folded phones on top of uh, are on top trending. Uh, what about LG's mechanism phone? Is it is it time for all brands moving forward to do folding phone? Good morning and love from India. Um, Dinesh, good morning, Dinesh. First thing, yes. So... I don't think folding phones are at the point where we are comfortable saying that they are the way to go. Uh, they're still in the experimental phase. And I say this because um, TCL is doing their own foldable. Uh, Xiaomi is doing their own foldable. Um, Huawei was, and I hope still is, working towards another Mate X uh, style ser series of, of the foldable devices. And of course, we have, um, T uh, I, think was, I think I mentioned TCL. But also there was some conversations with LG saying, uh, you know, LG is working on a foldable rolling phone. So the the actual ecosystem isn't standardized yet the way we have them on smartphones where they're more basically, you know, like the rectangle slab, essentially front facing or back facing. Um, I think every company should invest. And I think a lot of companies should keep working on providing us a better experience when it comes to foldables. I don't think it's the way to go, meaning we should just drop everything else. Um, we have a big dependency on devices that need to be able to withstand uh, impact, uh, issue, you know, water resistant, uh, water concerns or anything like that. And the advancements that we've seen with the standard slab form factor, you know, that we've had over the years. And by the way, this is that new OnePlus uh, lock screen uh, uh, option. It's a wired. Uh, so here, let's see. And let's see if I don't think. Oh, here it is. It didn't. It didn't work. Uh, essentially, it it does a wireframe view of the picture, and then it basically fades into it, and then expands and brings up the real person. So um, I think it's something to work, but I don't think it's there yet. That's probably the best way to say it. Uh, um. Okay. So. Um, 
IK Tech, I, I don't, uh, just kind of a heads up, Matt is the moderator on the channel. So if I, I he's not spamming the channel, just to let you know, that's primarily what he's actually uh, commenting in there. Uh, <laughs> the pixel, okay, Juan Carlos is like the Pixel 4A corsage. You know, why don't we make them earrings, the Pixel 4A earrings? You know, you'll have a Pixel 4A on each side, and whenever you're ready, you just pick and take a pick and put it back on. <laughs> Some gadget guy is in the chat. Good morning, man. Good morning. Oh, man. The the Pixel 4A, <laughs> four aces, four ages. Oh, man. We'll put the corsage. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'll send that comment back to, to Google. It's like, we want the Pixel 4A Corsage uh, for this year's events. Oh, man. Man, this is fun. fun. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe the trend is just more uh, is just more varied from form factor like um, the Explorer project. I think the Explorer project is, is, is LG officially giving us a name to what they were trying to do for, for a long time. Um, we've seen them experiment. We've seen them come up with new form factors ever since the LG G5, where we saw that modular snap-on option that we saw in there. And then we saw uh, the different form factors and uh, different changes, the, the small display on the V series that came and kind of went. Uh, and now that we have it back a little bit with more of a software implementation, the secondary display, and now that had that, how this is evolving, I think LG needs to have, um, that that type of experiment and i think they need to sit down and have a conversation seriously with sony or with uh, uh or even with just any other company that will can work with them to bring that experience to the next level uh, but i'm really loving the new tech and like i said i wouldn't mind checking out the uh, the uh, the the wing and if it doesn't get chipped to me or i don't get access to it like i said i can always go down to t-mobile once it becomes available i i really want to check it out I, if nothing else just to play with it for a little bit just to see that experience um also floor models are perfect example to see how durability on devices are actually done because they take they get a lot of torture and if you're able to find it in a store and it still holds its own then you know it's a good one um Will OnePlus ever go back to having a 3.5 mm jack on, on their devices? Uh, let's just say this. If the Nord came out and the Nord did not have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, chances are is pretty slim that they will go back. Sadly, uh, I don't think OnePlus really is looking to bring that, that, that form factor back because I think they've kind of moved on for it and they've moved on pretty big. Um, I think... You know what? They're 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 really they're supplementing it with some really good options. Their headphones are one of the lowest latency headphones that we can find uh, that are Bluetooth enabled, and they provide us also with a really cheap twenty dollar wired uh, the, the the wired bullets headsets are one of the best options for twenty bucks that you can find anywhere, and they're easily uh, purchased. You can buy directly from them, and they ship pretty quickly. Uh, but sadly, no, I, I don't think I don't think the headphone jack is coming back to OnePlus. I would have I would have liked it, but I feel like even if it did come back, it would probably be using the the built-in processing power of the Snapdragon processor. It wouldn't be to any kind of like high-end DAC or kind of quality high quality audio that what we've come to enjoy from LG. Um, when will Apple make a fold? That's when uh, then that's when it goes mainstream. It's 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 truly so. Uh, this is Rodney Gamble. Um, yes, I, I think. I think if anything, that's pretty much what we've kind of seen in the past. You know, like technologies get dis discovered, they uh, they are basically championed by many companies, and we all see them, we all love them, we all use them. 
And then suddenly when Apple decides to basically incorporate a said feature into their ecosystem and it becomes such a big thing. An example would be some of the number one videos running on YouTube right now is how to customize your launcher with folders on an iOS device. It's because they never had that before. This is something that, uh, this is truly revolutionary for their system. But again, it's those are the things that people like, you know, custom icon packs is now something that every iPhone user, uh, iOS user knows what that means, as opposed to where Android users have been using custom icon packs for years. So um, short answer is it, it, they, it, Apple may bring it up to the mainstream, uh, uh, basically awareness, that part may be the best way to say it. Uh, but if anything, they'll, buy, they'll definitely be playing a little bit of a catch up at, as to when things are being developed. Uh, but we'll have to see once once they do decide to go the the, the path of a foldable display, because Sam because Apple doesn't really make displays, they buy their displays. So there's a little bit different there. They control every other aspect of the manufacturing, but the display technology, uh, you know, that was a big thing back for the longest time. Part of their uh, concerns with Samsung is that they used to buy Samsung panels. So short answer is we'll have to see uh, what tech they decide to go with and how do they decide to make the foldable experience. Uh, because right now, I think that's just something that is, even if it is made, they'll have a lot of issues with it. And they're they're waiting. I think they're waiting to see how Samsung deals with it and learns from it. And they just basically get all those nuggets of information. And that's when they release it, if they are going to go with it. Um, what would be a good budget tablet uh, to buy right now? The iPad 8th gen uh, is out, uh, but for the current Android users, I will have to. It's it's not a good fit, especially from uh, from Malaysia. Um, I think the Asus uh, Asus still makes some some decent tablets. If I'm not mistaken, I think LG also makes some really decent tablets for the price point. TCL also makes a lot of their their Alcatel brand uh, tablets here in the U.S. We have a lot of their tablets. Um, but I would probably say uh, definitely check into, I mean, Samsung makes some decent price, uh, priced uh, tablets, uh, the Tab series, uh, not the Tab 7. Obviously, that one just came out. But you can probably pick up, like I say, a Tab 4, S4, and S5 uh, with reasonably priced, especially the S5e. It was actually a very reasonably priced around the two to $300. And their big displays still give a really good experience. Uh, but yeah, iPhones are not, sorry, uh, iPads are not the only re uh, available option. Although I feel like they have the best experience, especially for educational programs. Um, either that or go with, um, I think it was uh, probably a, a Chromebook. Chromebook would definitely be a little bit better. Uh, careful, uh, Google will, will, st will steal this and use it in their marketing. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Pixel 4, <laughs> the Pixel 4a Corsage. If we see that, I will, I will call for dibs on that one. We'll have documentations. Uh, is it going to, uh, Juan's going to inspect a gadget. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, oh, is the, Op um, is the Oppo Inco M31? So I haven't tried the M31s yet. I have the, somewhere I have the M51s, uh, and they're actually really good, um, overall for sound experience. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the question is. Um, Vishnu, uh, sorry, Vishnu, are you asking is, are they good? Or if you trying to see if they have you, or, you know, what do you think about them? Um, Joe, Joe Hickey uh, is wearables are the future. I th depends. It depends on who you're talking to. Some people believe so, and some people depends on where you're looking. So we had, there was a big, there was a big revolution to a certain point where everybody thought, you know, wearables were going to be the thing. So we, we had at one point, 
Um, we had portable, basically smartwatches. We had smartwatches that ran Android, like native Android on them, and not just a Wear-based uh, version of them. Uh, we also had, um, obviously, the Google Glass. That was also another ecosystem that was supposedly going to be the next evolution of wearable tech. Um, Google Glass kind of went, uh, went the way of the wind. And, and of course, uh, we had the Focals uh, that came out, kind of came out and had their first first generation of uh, wearable glasses that also kind of went, and I'll say with the way of the wind, they kind of became part of Google, which my hope essentially is that Google's working on something that is coming up in the future. Um, I feel like wearables do fit a certain aspect of freedom from having to keep picking up our phone and doing this. So that's where the wearable kind of frees us from. Um, I rely heavily on my smartwatch on a daily basis to not have to open up my phone to get a notification. So if I get a text message, I get a call, I get something like that. I don't want to have to open up my phone to see it. I can see it on my watch. I can dismiss it. If I want to make a call, I can make it straight from the watch. If I don't, I can ignore it and come back to it later. Um, wearables through glasses because more people more and more people are wearing glasses i feel like that's the way to go because it's already a real estate that we use in this form factor the glasses are already there we need to just have them in a form factor that doesn't make them look like i'm running six wires to the back and you know the microphone dangling from the top to the bottom kind of thing make it look like a headset without the cover on the top so um I'm with you, Joe. Yes, I think they are the, the way of the future. I think it's um, we're getting to the point where we where it becomes not as you know it doesn't take away from the experience. It just lets us enjoy life and then it augments it as we need it. Uh, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why I really liked uh, Google Glass back in the day. Uh, okay, let's see what else we have here. Oh, Chromebook Duet, uh, Michael. So. I'm, I'm hoping that's the same name of the one that I saw. So at CES this year, at 2020 CES, um, I had the opportunity to check out something that did actually, I want to say it did actually sound like it was the Chromebook Duet. And it was essentially a dual case device. Uh, no, sorry, it was a case. It was a case made for for Android and iOS devices that ran Chrome OS on it. Um, so the it kind of like on, on the side, it looks like two phones. There's obviously a seam in between. The, the, the case itself will house your permanent phone on the right side, and then the second screen on the left pulls power via USB-C or Lightning to power the, the second display, which has basically a small, uh, basically a formatted version of Chrome OS running on it. Uh, and of course, with some elements uh, that communicate between the primary device and the secondary device to be able to send things to it over that connection over there via, the, via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Um, and I think I saw something like that that was very interesting. It was a Kickstarter campaign that was um, still in the works. Uh, unfortunately, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think it actually did go anywhere because either A, because of the current situation or also how things are going. Uh, just I think people are, you know, LG came out and still going pretty strong with the dual screen. And we saw the, du uh, the Duo come out. Uh, obviously, we have the Z Fold. So uh, I hope that team is still working it. I'll have to kind of dig dig some of their content up to see if I still am able to share some of that with you guys. Um, Gigi Nassim says, TK, sir, um, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I'm really, really happy that you're you started uh, back with the tips and ticks for Android series back again. I hope we continue to do the same. Thank you. Um, I, I realized that once I like when I do those videos, I realize that at the end of the day, I feel like there's a lot of people that enjoy them, and um, I don't realize that I don't. Well, I didn't realize that I did stop making them. There was just so much things going on. Um, but the Z Fold 2 and the Tab S7, I think those are videos that a lot of people will, will, will love to see that there's so many things you can do with these devices outside of just opening up and using them. So my goal is to kind of actually continue that with every device that I'm going to be getting. So uh, yes, 
expects this, this type of content even with the Xperia 5. So th those are going to be the things I'm going to be going with uh, to try to cover on every device because in a way, I get a chance to go through and give you guys some of the best information. They're a little bit longer in the form factor, but um, I'll do a, I'll do a better job uh, with uh, doing a little bit, basically bookmarking the sections so you guys can definitely uh, enjoy them. But thank you, Geeky. Appreciate it, uh, Nassim. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Greg. Appreciate it, man. Um, Jason uh, Fitzgerald is saying, "Is why can't Google sort out their gesture pill space? Uh, the white, uh, the the white or black space taken up is uh, oh is uh, hideous on Android 11. Used to rock the uh, the hide navigation pill and the XEA navigation gesture. Um, I think the it's this is again one of the reasons why Android is so so unique and an experience in the sense of how it, you're able to do so many things." Uh, now, depending on who you're using, depending if you're using, obviously, you know, with Google, that's the essential, that, that that's how Android 11 essentially is built, but every OEM is able to fix it. I think Samsung did a good job of hiding it. Um, Oppo does the exact same situation. I think uh, overall, it's something that I think they need to just work on the spacing and make sure that it's actually present. They they need to implement those and see see some of those impacts, some of those comments. So um the best way to say this is if you can, if you have any comments or any concerns, submit a feedback through your assistant, say send feedback and say and explain to them what the issue or the concern that you're having on your device. If not, submit a request directly to Google support. Uh, they need to hear this. If they don't, they won't know that it's an issue because to them, again, um, the, the the communication between us and Google, as far as the development of Android is not as, as clear as let's say with the assistant. If you have any problem with a, a Google assistant based service, all you have to do is actually you you launch it by saying the name, the hey, you know, all that good stuff and say send feedback and you're able to send direct feedback to the development team or to the to the support team so that they can see on some of the issues and some of the problems. Uh, my hope is that Google will do the same with the, the way gestures are being implemented. Um, I do appreciate the fact that the, the XCA gestures app is there and I hope that it, we're able to get it to work perfectly on um, Android 11. Now that it's out, uh, it should be a lot easier to work with. Uh, oh, Palm PC is, oh, oh, yeah, for my next stock touch, uh, oh, is on the way. Congrats, man. Congrats. Um, I didn't get a chance to put in an order for the next stock touch, mostly because it, like I said, for me, it adds a one element that I don't feel like necessarily it, it, it impacts me to make, you know, pay another 250 from what I originally paid, but I appreciate the, the fact that you're getting it. Uh, name again, the one you suggested last week. Um, it was the next stock. I think it was the, uh, oh. Was there another one that I talked about? I don't remember. I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to watch the stream. Okay. Um I'm trying to remember what what would be the other option. Next stock was the one that I've used in the past. Um oh um the the one I talked about last week was actually the Azul Mini PC. And that's a sorry. And that's a small handheld PC that plugs into the next stock that you're able to use something like that. Although um, it doesn't work very as as well on the next stock because of the interface. Uh, next stock doesn't have Bluetooth connectivity. It's it's pretty much straight connection over. So um, yeah, uh, sorry. I, I want to say that that's probably the one I talked about. Uh, I don't remember mentioning another one. I, I could be drawing a blank. I do apologize. But if you if somebody remembers it from the comment from the stream last week, please let us know. Um, it seems that most slab phones aren't going much bigger than 6.8 inches for the most part. Yes. So Donald uh, Lozino is um, the biggest I've actually ever seen was, uh, it was I want to say 7, 7.1. And that was called the Galaxy, not the Galaxy, the Honor Note 10. 
It was the Note 10 before the Note 10 from Samsung came out. And uh, that was about 7.7 inches. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, very few phones crossed the 6.8. 6.9, I think it's the maximum I've seen, which I, I want to say is 6.9 is the biggest. Uh, but it, it's a form factor. I think that's basically, yeah, I mean, 6.9 right there. It's it's massive. Uh, you know, I think more people are starting to ask for devices that are closer back to the 5.5 or the 5.0, you know, like closer to 6 with the smaller, thinner bezel that fits the same form factor that what the 5.5 used to fit back a few years ago. Um, let's see. Oh, Michael, why? Oh, here. Sorry. Comments here are, are not aggregate. <laughs> not not running all the time. Uh, probably, uh, probably the oh. Uh, probability is the probably is the okay the duo is more powerful than a lot of laptops um get a wireless mouse and foldable keyboard and, uh, like Juan like Juan has uh, and it's a perfect companion without the need of a uh, of a big bag no absolutely the the duo form factor it, it's there's something that a lot of us don't realize and, and I'm hoping I mean I'm I'm assuming you guys here in the chat do um the duo actually is a large uh, basically display it's one entire panel the ui at least recognizes the dual displays as one large display so think of it as say like a 16 by 9 display split in half because of the form factor of the phone so use that with uh, the form factor basically with a keyboard and mouse and let's say a small dock for that you have literally a small portable pc that gives you that entire experience the 855 is very strong um, you know, multitasking, snapping windows, full screen options, uh, folding the phone. There's a whole bunch of things that you can do. And if you want to be able to use pen input with the uh, Surface Pen, it it will do a lot of things that most devices cannot. The fact that it forces us to use the dual display is what makes it very functional. So you have to use it for about a day or so to truly appreciate the main benefit. So I, I am with you, Matt, on that one. It definitely is a very, very strong and uh, a very good contender for functionalities there. Um, so the quick question, six gigabytes of RAM, uh, uh, six gigabytes RAM versus eight gigabytes of RAM. Uh, depends if it's a Samsung device. If it's a Samsung slash, um, sa you know, Samsung, Xiaomi, uh, anything that's running heavily on the, on the uh, basically the built-in UI. So if you're talking about an OEM skin that runs so many more services in the background on top of what Android needs to run on its own, the more RAM, the better. Uh, if you're running something closer to maybe a Pixel, a Motorola, or let's say Sony UI, where it's not as uh, heavily influenced by background processes, six gigs should be more than enough. Uh, here, okay, so Dinesh is, uh, one more thing about the Sony, uh, but Sony about the DSLR camera, Sony A7 Mark IV have a 12 to 24 gigabyte master lens, uh, oh, uh, G master lens, uh, cost around $4,000. Uh, so much more money in India, but uh, oh, quality was out of the world. I wish to see, uh, so I, well, first, thank you. Um, for me, I, I haven't jumped on to super expensive Sony G Master lens. I have, I, I've, I've tested them out. Sony let me borrow them a couple of times. Um, uh, I think one time, a couple of lenses. And um, I haven't had a chance to basically buy them. I, I love G Master lenses. The, cl the clarity that you get with them are just second to none. There are other options on the market. Um, I am waiting on my A7 S3 order to come out. Unfortunately, even though I did a pre-order, it seems like the vendor that I went with, their pre-orders didn't get on time to them. So everybody else that ordered them through Sony got them. Mine, hopefully, in another couple of weeks. So short answer, um, I, I appreciate that. But yes, uh, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm at the point where I'm able to pay more money than I 
more money for the lens than I am able to pay for the actual camera system. Uh, the goal at the end of the day will also, by the way, by the time the A7 III comes in or the A7S III comes in, uh, I'll be replacing the GH5 here and then, of course, be selling this one. Uh, I just want to be able to basically stick to one system. Right now, I'm running Micro Four Thirds, uh, Handycam on the top, and then, of course, full frame with the A7 III. I'd like to just stick to just all Sony. And the A7S III fixes the problem. And one of the reasons why I haven't switched to, uh, my GH5 from is the ability of having a flippy camera, the, the flippy display. I need to be able to see myself when I'm in an environment like this. And, you know, obviously the GH5 does that, but the, the A7 III does not yet. Definitely something we want to be able to check out. Uh, let me see here. Uh, <laughs> good vibes, good vibes. Thank you, Juan. Uh, there's no uh, Dana only Azul. Oh, there's no Dana only Azul. Yeah, so it is, I think Azul is pretty much the the, the main focus when it comes to mobile mini fanless PCs. Um, I say this for you guys, but I, I don't have, I don't, actually, I'm trying to remember if I'm able to kind of like switch it over. Uh, but the actual unit itself right there, hold on. I have it connected here. Sorry. Um, it's tiny. I mean, this is the actual PC, guys. Like, that's how small, and I'm not only, I'm only doing this because I don't want to, kind of dented you can kind of see it right there see how small uh there's basically a, a port yeah of course now i'm hiding it so there's a uh, an sd card slot here with a kensington lock a power button a USB-C for a secondary monitor and an rg45 so right there and actually i don't know if you guys could see it <laughs> but even this has a headphone jack i don't think i can get it here we are and then this has a headphone jack sitting uh right there in the kensington lock i was wrong about the other one uh that little Power option is a barrel connector for power, which is something that is new. They've moved away from uh, using the um, micro SD, the micro USB uh, connector that they used to use in the past. Juan with the quote buster quotes. <laughs> uh, there, there is no victor, only doom. <laughs> okay, Von Doom. Uh, <laughs> DT. Okay, I get, I get you guys. Uh, I love the idea of big phones, but man, I have a true. Um, so I think the reality is we need to have, this is one of those, one of those super use cases for why the SE makes sense. Uh, the iPhone SE 2020 is a perfect example of what a phone should do, especially with the form factor. Now, if you transfer that over to the pixel 4a, sorry for the cable there, the pixel 4a took what the pixel 3a had and then took it to the next level. The bezels are a lot smaller. There's not much on the chin and forehead. And of course, now we have a much more one-handed experience with a $350 phone that really is, I still to this day say that it's going to outsell the pixel 4a 5g hands down. I don't think a lot of people are very sold on the 5g technology yet because of the fact 5g is still not a very prominent tech in the us we have 5g showing up on our phones but the reality guys where very few people are able to use ultra wideband and even the people that are able to use ultra wideband are able to only use it in this very small area because of the way the tech is working right now at&t and t-mobile are the primary big companies going with the sub 600 millimeter wave type of technology so sub 600 uh, type of 5g um, and that's the big thing right now. So for me, T-Mobile shows up 5G. I'm able to get decent speeds, uh, but I'm not getting the 400 and 500 that I was able to get when I was on Sprint. I'm waiting for that merger benefit to start kicking in for us, especially as users. So we'll have to see how those goes, but we definitely want smaller form factor and uh, 
you know, devices that are easier to use with one hand, or at least make elements of the software help us do uh, use them in one hand by, by you know, definitely. Um, here, uh, oops, sorry, where did I go? Where did I go? Oh, here, uh, uh, face tools. Hey, Tariq from Morocco. Ahlan wa sahlan, habibna, ahlan, ahlan, ahlan. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands, always, and wear your mask. Uh, especially when you're outdoors, uh, you don't have to do it otherwise. Uh, oh, dude, dude, can, thank you very much. Uh, Gary, the fireman, always, always appreciated. TK Seption, oh, we're definitely, I'll make sure to, I'll, I'll keep that post right there and I'll make sure to bring it up. TK, hashtag TKRV. <laughs> always, man, appreciate it. Um, I have, I have, oh, uh, I, I've done no work for about 30 minutes. <laughs> we're not being productive. We're, we're, we're spending time. No, we're kicking it, guys. We're just having fun. It's a good, um, it's actually the last weekend of the month, if you think about it. And uh, October is just around the corner. Uh, Gary's bringing the fire always, always, man. <laughs> he's, he's, he's our guy, man. Always appreciate it. Uh, Greg, Greg's jumping is the only way I would go for an over six inch is LG velvet, uh, available in the UK. Otherwise I will stick with more compact pixel devices. Um, I think the velvet is a very good compelling device for what it offers. I think the, the, the experience of what you're getting with the velvet is somewhat of a V60 on the lighter end, because that's really what it is, right? It's a seven series model. It's slightly thinner. Uh, the form factor is definitely a little bit better. Although I feel like they've optimized the UI to work better on the velvet than they did on the V60. And this is again, me not turning off my notifications. So those are things that we always need to kind of understand and appreciate is every iteration of the I want to say the dual display phone that they're coming out because you got, you know, the V50, the G8X, the V60, and then now we have the Velvet. Um, they've improved the UI and I just want them to keep bringing those things backwards. So all the optimizations we saw on the Velvet, I want to see on the V60, especially the ability of switch, if nothing else, swiping down to open notification as opposed to that search function can only be done right now on the Velvet. And I want that on the V60. So yeah, definitely I'm with you. Um, it's, it's harder. You, you have to find what you want. And I feel like Pixel is fitting into that market. They're giving us larger displays, smaller form factor design on the device, great cameras, and um, they're shooting for affordability, which I feel like they should have done at the beginning. That was the whole selling point of the Nexus line. It wasn't the fact that it was running the, the best of the best. It always gave us, if you guys remember the Nexus, it was essentially basically flagship hardware specs, not flagship experience on basically a development board uh, type of an experience, meaning the, the, the device wasn't very flashy. It wasn't trying to kind of win any awards on design, but it gave you that basically, you know, the, the, the strong processor, the good RAM, the good internals, and a good obviously a good display to be able to get that experience. And then we moved on to the Pixel devices where they wanted to kind of go a little bit more flashy. We saw the, the improvements and some of the changes in the designs, like last year with the Pixel line of devices, the Pixel 4s. And I feel like 2020s, Google has learned a lot the Pixel 4a, if anything, is a great example of that. Um, and if what we've seen with the leaks on the Pixel 5 are true, I am super excited to be able to see what Google can do with a wide-angle lens. And uh, the, the basically the Google magic, I like to call it, done to be, to do some of those corrections, uh, video stabilizations, all of the things that we always love to have on a, on a Pixel is always going to be appreciated. Um, oops, let me see here. I didn't want to miss anybody. Uh... So here, uh, so Rafael Roden, say, uh, Roden saying is, um, how does everyone feel about the lack of a wireless charging on the Xperia 5 II? Uh, for one, for one, I'm offended. Um, I'm not sure. So 
I was very happy to see that the wireless charging was on the Xperia One II, uh, the, the Xperia One Mark II. Um, the, for the present, for it not to be on the Xperia Five uh, One, uh, the Xperia Five Two, it's definitely a different. It's a change. I don't have an answer. I, I don't, and not not because I can't share it. I really don't have an answer as to what the decision was behind that. I don't know why that was omitted. I feel like if there was something that I didn't want to be missed was the headphone jack. And I felt like that was there. Uh, and I think that was definitely something that I appreciated more. So we, we already know that the headphone jack is going to be there. The stereo speakers on the front are definitely there. So those things are appreciated more from, uh, from that, from the, from those things that they carried over. I'm not sure if it could be space limiting. I don't know. I really don't know if that's something to do because if I'm not mistaken, the pixel, the, the, sorry, the Xperia five two II is the same size as the Xperia five. So think, those type of limitations and some of the other improvements they've done on the device. And that could also explain why they didn't go with that option. Uh, but I, I, I do, I do understand we, I would have personally loved to see all of the new stuff on the one, uh, one Mark two come down to the five Mark two, um, working, <laughs> working late, Matt, uh, definitely. Oh, I was left text messages in the middle of live streams, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, oops, sorry. Uh, Matt is, uh, so Joe, if you're not familiar, Matt is about eight hours ahead of us. So for us, it's 1230. Uh, for him, it's almost basically 9, 9 p.m. So he is definitely working on a late shift. Uh, sorry, man. <laughs> that was bad. Ghostbusters joke. <laughs> oh, man. Between Juan and Aditya going in back and forth with me. Um uh, Rafael, if the phone doesn't have wireless charging and wireless uh, charging, it doesn't. Um, I don't even care about it. So those are the things that we have to again. Sony went in with the with the situation and, and the conversation at the beginning of the year with saying, "Look, we're doing it the way we feel like it's being done, and it needs to be done right." Um, the decisions at, for for what they do and how they do it on the device. Once we're once we're starting to see more content on it, we're able to talk a little bit more as far as what we are able to do with it. We'll start to appreciate and also understand some of the things that are going on. I don't know again why the wireless charging was not introduced here. I could think of only one option, and it's purely from the sense of what it looks like. It looks like it's the same size phone with a bigger battery, and something had to give. And if they included the headphone jack, to me that's a win. I'm with you on the wireless charging. I would have wished it was there. Uh, that would be my only the only way to say it because at the end of the day, you know, by the time we see the device, it's already been designed. It's already ready to go. It's not something that um, you know. I, I wish. You know, Juan and I could be on part of conversations with develop with companies when they're designing these devices and that we can sit there and, you know, and they can pick our brains with all the ideas of things that we could do. That would totally be a conversation that Juan and I would definitely love being part of. Uh, but I hope, hope we'll see some a little bit more on that. Um, so almost, Sony's almost gone for $950, but it's looking more like trading up, uh, trading up down uh, from the Pixel 4 and the Pixel 5. Difference in experience and difference in 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 um in what you're getting between the two. So the Pixel Four is basically Snapdragon eight fifty five, right? So that's running at the end of twenty nineteen, um, and I think it's still basically a comparable device. This is obviously running the eight sixty five. It's going to be running the eight sixty five with five G on it. So there's definitely a generational upgrade there. Um, the capability of shooting uh, basically 4K at 120 frames per second that I don't think Google is trying to try to shoot out of their devices. So that's not something that we can definitely jump on. Uh, raw support, also the ability of having those three prime lens, uh, basically focal length, uh, the 16, the 24, and the 7 millimeter. Those are things that we just cannot get on pixels. So there's definitely a big difference in Sony Alpha experience that is trying to come here. 
but the Pixel 5 is really also kind of geared toward gamers, right? They, they're shooting for the first uh, device to, to come out with the 120 hertz refresh rate with gaming-specific experiences. Of course, the HS power control. There's a lot of things that, you know, all the specs that we've seen and, and the pre-orders are coming out. Um, coincidentally, I don't know if you guys saw that beginning at the, when I mentioned you guys with the uh, on the on Twitter um, there's going to be a bundle uh, that, you know, even for the 950 at pre-orders, um, it's a substantial like $400 bundle of gaming accessories that you're able to get with the device that could make this a little bit uh, less of a, uh, I would say, harder pill to swallow. If you think about it. it, it shouldn't really be that. But if you're really if you really dig Sony's philosophy and technology, the Xperia 5 makes perfect sense. Uh, if you're looking for an experience, a great cameras, a great gaming experience, I think the Xperia 5 or some, uh, you know, it's is geared to that. That's how at least the the specs are looking at. And you notice I'm trying to keep it very clear that I'm not referencing personal experience. I'm talking specifically about specs because that's how things are. But we'll we'll have to talk a little bit more about that in a few more days, hopefully. Um, <laughs> TK uh, TK hasn't hasn't seen the uh, the original Ghostbusters movie uh, <laughs> Night Idea Ghostbusters with uh, with Bay hashtag TK Bay guys um, I finally I, I finally decided to pay the money and I watched Bill and Ted, the 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 last Bill and Ted Bill and Ted the third sequel and um, I, I haven't been watching the Ghostbusters recently but I have to say I was surprised how satisfying that movie was to me and how I. I didn't realize how long I've been waiting for a movie like this. It's not going to be the best movie. It's not going to be the 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 overall like oh my god kind of thing. But if you've ever watched, if you've ever been a fan of the original Bill and Ted, the the first two movies that were done a long time ago with Keanu and and just you know basically just the Bill and Ted saga is absolutely epic and this movie just does the job right. Like I wanted to watch it. If there was one thing that I that, that kind of bugged me about the movie a little bit is that. It's supposedly settled or it's supposed to be filmed in 2020, but obviously this was filmed before 2020, before the whole thing kind of happened. So as we are in 2020 watching a movie about 2020, it's a little bit hard for it not to reference anything to what's going on. So, but yeah, that that's just me nitpicking. Realistically, great movie. Uh, yes, I, and I do need to pick up my, uh, I need to start picking up uh, all the work on that, on that definitely. Um, so um Oh, what about okay? So what about uh, HCC? Google took oh, oh, the uh, the reality. Yes, if you, if you guys really realize what's going on, is uh, Google did actually hire some of the best engineers out of HCC before they uh, before the whole uh, you know they started going in with pixels and building up certain things. So we see a lot of their elements, a lot of their design elements coming in here. Um, but I think overall, as time kind of went on, uh, uh, Faisal, I'm assuming it's Fizz or Faisal. Um, is uh, is that there's a lot of different team uh, team uh, people that left as well that kind of changed the story. Last year, Google was very much adamant that um, telephoto was the way to go. That was the that was the the secondary sensor that made perfect sense for them. That they felt like wide angle was not. But I feel like obviously something changed. So yes, uh, if there's one thing to be said is that Google is listening and they are definitely hitting it out of the park this year in 2020 with their devices. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music was amazing. It is absolutely. Um, I just, I had a hard time at $20 to rent it. Uh, and it somehow, for some reason, now down to $13.99, which kind of made it okay. Uh, I, I just, 
It's a movie you have to watch. If you've ever watched the first two, you owe it to yourself to watch this. Set some set about an hour or so worth of time. Watch it. Enjoy it. Um, I still need to watch it at least a couple more times to get all the the little Easter eggs and things like that because I I'm pretty sure I missed a, like a gazillion references in there. Uh, let's just say this one. There's a lot of references to the first two movies, which I really appreciate. Um, Oh, Axon, yes. Uh, ZTE is still in the game, by the way. Uh, I think Adam covered one of their devices not that long ago, and I'm, I'm really hyping it. Uh, I'm really enjoying those things. Uh, oh, and uh, it was fun. Uh, and uh, the ending was abrupt, and it had to be. It had me uh, grinning the whole time. It was one of those. Yeah, but I mean, so for me, one is it just it had me like every time I watched it, like whole they they showed the phone booth that they uh, you know the whole like the things that we've seen, all those little things, uh, how many ways they could change and and multiply the 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 whole. Sorry, I'm not trying to give it away. But, um, short answer is you got to watch it. It's uh, if you if you enjoyed the first two, you owe it to yourself to watch it. If you don't watch it now, watch it when it becomes a little bit less expensive. Uh, it did definitely drop in price a little bit. It's about $13.99 now on Google Play and $14.99 for some reason on Amazon. But it definitely is worth it. Um, uh, did you get the M uh, oh the M50X uh, BTs? Goran Petrovic is in the comments. I didn't see Goran. Oh, wait. Did I miss him? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can catch him. Oh, here it is. Yes. <laughs> Goran Petrovic, HTC dude. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. Oh, and a cup of tea. <laughs> Uh, man, here, uh, a DTI. I prefer the capacitive sensors, but I have a few. Uh, few oh, uh, I have a few in the display in house, so um, I'll, I'll so it'll be. Uh, oh, I hope it'll survive. Uh, just wish the Pixel Five isn't priced at seven hundred. So, speaking of that, da uh, Davin is um, a tweet from one of their PR guys that I uh, that I follow, uh, Hafid. <laughs> Habib Hafid, Fizz Tools, Habib, okay, Habib Hafid. Um, uh, I saw a tweet somewhere where they're they were hinting as at the they're going to surprise us with the price, which I feel like the, they did with the Pixel 4a. The Pixel 4, sorry, the, the, the Pixel 3a last year started at 399. That's the standard size Pixel 3a. The Pixel 4a, uh, sorry, the Pixel 3a XL was a little bit more, about 50 bucks or so. This year started at $350, and I still think it's a very good price. I'm really thinking, since we're not going flagship processors, that I don't think we're going to be hitting $700. I don't think we're going to be hitting close, close to that price range. I think, if anything, it'll be closer to the five to $600. That's me price. Uh, that's just me uh, guessing. Uh, but definitely, I would say uh, they're going to surprise us with the price. Google is has learned a lot and they're definitely targeting it and they learned how the pixel 4a is able to sell out quickly if they're doing the right thing right features for the right price um renting it today bill and ted absolutely joe no you, you gotta try it you gotta you gotta watch it uh but i would say just seriously just set some time sit down uh if you can put it on the tv put it on the tv enjoy it i watched it on my upper monitor right there uh and it was absolutely fantastic uh, and uh, yeah, uh, and, 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 uh, the Pixel 5 would be great at 599. I I think 599 is a perfect price. Uh, the difference between what you get there and over the three the 350, I think, is still definitely worth it there. So those are the things we want to be able to see from Google is the 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 pushing the limit and giving us the the fu the functionalities that we want. The seven series processors, if there's nothing else that can be said, is 
for normal day-to-day -day UI elements, um, online checking, taking pictures, uh, checking online, uh, you know, emails, messaging, all of that good stuff. The seven series is more than capable of giving you that same level of eight series experience with the exception of burst shots on camera that you get from flagship devices. And I say that because of the amount of RAM, also the processing power, and basically as it, you're taking multiple images, how long does it take to render? Because Google does a lot of heavy lifting on the software side, not necessarily on the hardware side. But I think, yes, totally with you on that. Like 599 would make perfect sense, and I think it would sell like hotcakes. Um, I'm wondering, though, where I'm really, really interested to see is what the Pixel 4a X, uh, 5G is going to be, because the 350 was the 4G. So, uh, for, you know, $50 or $100 price increase, we'll have to see. Uh, but those are the two that I'm actually anticipating. On top of the the Sabrina, whatever the new version of it is, Davin is... Um, are there any new phones you're looking forward to seeing launch uh, by the end of the year? I think right now, the, the biggest thing that I'm actually really interested, I, I was really looking forward to the Xperia 5. So that was for me something as soon as I saw the Xperia 1, because I I, I started, like I fell in love with the Xperia line around the Xperia 1 and the Xperia 5 last year. I enjoyed the Xperia 5 a little bit more, mostly because of the form factor. And it was basically, you know, the Xperia 1 marked uh, the Xperia 1 down in a smaller form factor. The Xperia 1 Mark II this year brought in all of those benefits from the 5. So the 5 was basically the biggest one I wanted to look for. Um, if there was any, any other devices that I would actually say maybe that I'm still looking for, um, you know, by the end of the year, we don't have a lot of devices coming up. I mean, we may see some new things from next year. Uh, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to at the end of the year is realistically what the 875 uh, CPU is going to do from Qualcomm. Um, a lot of more information now are obviously we're seeing the end of 2020, uh, 2020 with the whole 865 plus that's basically the the um i would say like the best performance that we're able to get from the 865 what new form factors well not form factor what new capabilities we're able to get out of the 875 will also set the tone for 2021 and that's really what i'm looking forward to so if anything else if I, if, if if history repeats itself again um somewhere oppo will release will make an announcement somewhere about a day, their next generation device that will recovering it so like last year they announced the reno 4 so it may be in the like the reno 5 or something like that again me speculating no no factual based information any anywhere here but purely based on hi history basically um so those are the things I probably would say I'm looking forward to a little bit more. I think we've seen mostly what we're going to be getting. Uh, any kind of other devices that come out, you know, actually, I take that back. I I, I want to see what the 8T has to offer. I, I, I forgot about the fact that the 8T still has to come out. It still officially isn't out. We saw that they're, they're, they've gone to the 120 hertz of display. We we already knew about that one from the 8, uh, the 8 Pro earlier this year. So that wasn't a big surprise. So we already know they can do that. We know that the 8 already has the same design elements and the same design look as the 8 Pro. So that was one th the other thing that they did. But the speed, the fast charging that they're talking about on this, that's going to be a big thing. Because if anything, if I, I mean, that would be the fastest charging device that they have to date. And it's going to start to compete with what I would probably say is their sister company in, in many ways or inspiration-based uh, it's basically what we've seen with Oppo, right? I mean, this is finally them owning up and starting to utilize some of the technology that is available around for them and hopefully, you know, benefiting us at the end. But I also hope that they do it in the right way with battery uh, with battery saving features so that we don't just necessarily jump on the bandwagon of uh, making the device go to over 100, 102, 104 uh, Fahrenheit. This is just too hot. Uh 
so us so juan carlos is, is just giving us a conversation usbc is as messy as it's ever been and that that is true that's why i i, I mean for the most part for me if i don't have a headphone jack i am going to jump over to bluetooth but for gaming i feel like usbc is primarily the only thing that we have if you don't have a headphone jack and you don't have decent speakers those are pretty much for me the only options um, the bullets wireless, the bullets two are one of the stronger ones that we've seen on the market that have low latency and still, you know, decent experience when it comes to gaming. But if you're playing first person shooters like PUBG, Call of Duty Mobile, uh, anything like that requires that split second reaction. When you hear somebody come in, you want to be able to respond. Bluetooth just doesn't do it right now. There's a big delay. I mean, as small as the delay is, it's very big and that it just literally will always impact your gaming experience. So those are the one things that I always, I, I feel like, you know, wired still beats, especially when you say that it's a gaming phone. To say that it's a gaming phone and not give it a headphone jack, it's like, yeah, it's just not going to be where it needs to be. Um, oh, I'll be surprised. So one comment is, I'll be surprised if the performance of the 875 is more than a, about a 10% jump in real world apps, but I'm hoping for a better battery life over the 865 plus. And I think that's, those are the optimizations that we really want. Um, Day-to-day -day activity, realistically, the 855 and the 865 are very close in performance. Now, I will say, though, that the 865 jump from the 855 when it came to opening apps was definitely more noticeable. But the day-to-day, -day, once you start thinking about, you know, like the demo devices that we got a chance to play with last year at, um, at, the, at, the, um, at the event over for, uh, for Qualcomm, those are reference devices that were running stock launchers. There was no OEM version of that device for us to test and see how this was going to happen when you have all the other elements running in the background. So the short answer of what, how things are going, I would say at the end of the day, sh just see what you have, see what you're able to do. The 875 will definitely bring in some new technology. We already know the 855 plus, sorry, the 865 plus already has the 5G. So think of it as as Juan is saying, it's going to be a minor improvement in performance. But again, it's more the battery uh, battery uh, technology that we're looking for, battery performance optimizations. For me, it's also the gaming capabilities. What else can we do? Will we be able to start finding, temp, uh, you know, QHD 120 hertz, uh, you know, 144 hertz panels? Can we break the barrier and go slightly higher? Like, my monitor down here is 144 at the top and you know 240 at the bottom. I want to be able to see some more tech and more, um, actually maybe more development on 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 Google's side, honestly, uh, over not just Stanley, just Qualcomm. But mobile processors are strong enough now that we can actually run, you know, mobile PCs off of the eight, you know, like the same tier, the HTX chipsets from last year are, you know, the sister chipset to the 865. And we're, you know, they were running basically full versions of, um, you know, Windows on ARM from there. So I want to see the development in that sector as well. Um, what makes the most excited? What makes me most excited about the Pixel Five is that the reverse wireless charging. Um, uh, strangely enough, let me know if they see this on from if you've seen this from Huawei or Samsung. Um, I haven't seen. I, I didn't see the comments or I, I did not see somewhere where they talked about the reverse. I'm not surprised if it's in there because I mean, OnePlus has it, well, Huawei has it, Samsung has it. I mean, Huawei started it, but then everybody just kind of copied it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is there, but I have not that if that was one of the features, I, I didn't catch that being one of the features. I don't necessarily think it's one of those. Um, like I I'll say this. I know that the, ever since the S 10, Samsung's had wireless reverse wireless charging, right? And the only time I've ever found that feature to ever help me was on a trip to London last year before the whole situation for an honor event. And 
I forgot my Galaxy Watch's charger and I needed to charge it. And I, and I realized somehow at the end, once I, before I ordered a charger from Amazon while I was in, uh, in London, uh, that my phone can charge my watch. And that was something that kind of hit me. Even though that feature's there, I really, I really don't think that many people are using it. It's a great feature to offer, to offer, but most people, when they're charging their their uh, their peripherals, like their headphones and stuff like that, they're going back to standard wireless chargers, not actually putting it on the phone. Because when you do that, you lose the function of the phone while you're charging your your peripheral. So it's not like I can charge my headset and still use my phone. You know, if you kind of catch my drift, a lot of people will opt using something else to charge them. So. If it is there, it's nice. I don't think it, I don't see it as something that would definitely be my only selling reason or buying reason for the Pixel 5, but we'll have to see. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Fist Tools is that, you know, saying he enjoys Juan Carlos's podcast, of course. Uh, Juan Carlos's podcast is on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so definitely look forward to that one as well. Uh, Snapdragon 775 uh, would be a significantly better than the 764, 40% CPU, 50% on the GPU. I think that's, I think the series, the 7 series is really where most of the improvements people are looking forward to, to seeing. Because even though we call it a mid-range uh, processor, it's a strong enough processor to handle everything we need. Um, and it gives us the experience at a much lower price than what the 865 can offer. So where the eight series, the, the, the flagship $1,000 plus phones are not necessarily getting all the sales, I think the mid-rangers are where a lot of people are going to jump in. Because I really feel like OEMs, are focusing too much on going up and up, not realizing that not everybody can move up at the same level. And what this year kind of taught us, especially with a lot of people having concerns and jobs, is that the market is kind of going through somewhat of a reset. So we have to kind of appreciate also what the demand on the market comes in, and that if we don't adjust to the market, sometimes that the you know we're going to have to live through some changes like the way we're going right now. Uh, I'm super excited with the 775. I I would definitely be interested to see what they have. And as usual, I always appreciate uh, what Qualcomm is doing because if anything else, it does actually end up pushing the limits and pushing the tech. Um, my hope essentially, again, is that we see some of those things come out and we also start seeing the benefit of that. And obviously, we're going to have to wait till 2021 to see some of those benefits, but we'll have to see how they go. Um, I don't get MediaTek at all. I've been trying this whole year just to record an interview with a MediaTek rep, and I've had, I've have, I've gotten radio silence, and um, it's like, I okay, it's like they want to, they just don't want to do it. They don't want to make it. Uh, it's hard. I, I got a chance to meet with them last year at the end of the year of 2019, but ever since then it kind of went all quiet. Um, not a lot of coverage at all, uh, not even a lot of talk. They did some launches uh, throughout the year with their uh, Dimensity, uh, probably saying the name wrong, uh, but their chipsets, their new 5G chipsets, they were coming out with 2020. Uh, but MediaTek's main bread and butter, if you really think about it, if there was one thing I learned during their presentation, is it's not really mobile devices, surprisingly. Uh, they're in so much more hardware that let's say you get from uh, from Amazon, from third-party co companies like processors for TVs and so on. That's where MediaTek makes most of their money. And uh, like, you know, uh, Peloton, Peloton uses them for their uh, for their onboard processors, for their for their systems and so on. So they were in in many, many pieces of hardware that it's hard to see what what they're doing in the US. They don't have a lot of presence um, hardware wise as far as, uh, you know, devices, but they're in so many of our hardware. So I'm not sure why they're they're having such a hard time. But yeah, I I. I wish they would definitely uh, do a little bit more uh, PR and talk to more people, especially here in the U.S. Um, 
I look at the reverse as a handy emergency feature that hopefully you don't need. Or if you remember in the emergency, but yes, no, I'm with you. Uh, it, it is one of those things that it's nice to have when you need it, as long as your, your accessories support it. And I mean, what I mean by this, um, so this supports reverse wireless charging, but this is not Wi-Fi, but this is not Qi wireless charging, which means if I'm using this on, um, not this, obviously the 8 doesn't have it, but the 8 Pro has reverse wireless charging, uh, it's not going to work. It's not going to charge from it. I need that specific charger. Uh, and then a lot more companies like here with the Oppo Watch are going back to pin connectors, which is killing me because proprietary chargers is the main thing. This is a portable device. This is supposed to be traveled with. This is supposed to be, you know, going in and out of water, doing a whole bunch of things with it. And those are things that you want to enjoy. Pin connectors. 2020, we really should be moving away from go wireless and make it standard. There's no reason to have proprietary charging from Samsung, kind of like, you know, just calling it an Apple. You know, they have their own charging tech. Um, Aditya, uh, reverse reverse is still inef uh, still inefficient. Um, does power sharing via USB cable exist? Huawei devices does. Yes. Sorry. Kind of... Uh, Got a little bit parts. Oh wow, <laughs> it's two hours. Well, I, I didn't realize time flew by so fast, guys. Um, let me see here. Let me catch some of those questions. Uh, oh yeah, same question. Is there? Oh here is. Is there any chance of Huawei use Qualcomm processors? Uh, not in the current state. Not at, Not at, Not yet. At least not yet. Um, New Huawei GT has Qi. So, so the Huawei so Huawei watches and Honor watches are great watches in the sense of if you think of them as uh, fitness bands in the shape of a watch. And till Huawei moves into more of a smartwatch experience, it's going to have a little bit of a hard time competing in the same realm as a smartwatch. And what I mean by this, I'm not trying to downplay the Huawei watch. It's a great watch if you want a twelve you know twelve days. I think. 12 days of solid battery life, never having to worry about anything in there. Um, native app support, um, clock faces, changing clock faces, uh, responding to text messages, um, an actual uh, well-integrated uh, you know, representation of what's on the phone, meaning third-party, not all applications and notifications are recognized on Huawei watches and they are getting better. But I feel like that's really kind of like the experience there. So even if they did move to it, which I feel like is a great move, we need to start seeing that more on other companies. Again, uh, Mobvoi's uh, new uh, watch, the TicWatch 3 Pro, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think it's a pin connector. It's not It's not going back to, it's not wireless. Um, and to me, that's a little bit off. I feel like that's something that we wanted to see more, more wireless charging options. Uh, but I want to see more options like that. Um, and like I said, Huawei makes great watches when it comes down to fitness trackers that look like watches and they have some functionalities of a smartwatch and last forever. But I, I want to be able to do more. I want to be able to basically install applications. I want to be able to have a native Telegram-based app, uh, things like that on the watch that I can actually do and use on the daily. Um, I agree with the standard things for, uh, for Qi and USB-C uh, for audio. Uh, E-Waste is, is killing it. it no, it, and real, realistically, we want to be able to fix things. And the, the, the more everybody's doing their own thing, the more waste we're creating. I'm not against waste. Uh, I'm not against uh, optimizations and basically getting us to work together. But I, but I want to make sure that once it just it's, it's something that is very hard to happen, right? I mean, almost nobody wants to talk, and it's realistically how things are. Uh, they they just don't work all the all the time together. Um, 
I really want that new tick watch, uh, the 4100 plus, the dual, the dual screen should be an epic battery life. Honestly, every time uh, my boy or the tick watch comes out, I'm always surprised with what they're able to do. That secondary display, the second layer display has always been a smart functionality. I feel like nobody's stealing that idea, right? Like nobody's trying to come close to what uh, Mob Boy is doing with it. And having them jump, because that was, if there was one thing that we've always kind of uh, learned with Mob Boy is that for, for the longest time, even with 2019 or early 2020, um, they were still using the 2400 processor uh, from Qualcomm. It's actually an earlier version of processor than what we've had here. And um, those are things that we, you know, we still, I'm like, wow. But what they did there is they increased the RAM and they improved the performance there. Now, not only did they give us the better processor, they gave us the more RAM. The battery is almost 100 and I want to say 125, 150 milliampers more than what we've had before. So I'm with you. I'm with you, Juan. Uh, always, always definitely very big. And um, actually, you know what, guys? I just realized something here. Uh, Steve. Definitely. Thank you very much for that, dude. I, I do apologize. I saw the comment, but I didn't get a chance to uh, hit it. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, good good afternoon, Monsieur Bay. I uh, hope you're doing well. Je suis très bien. Merci, merci beaucoup, mon ami. Yes, definitely. Steve DeRoche, always a big fan of the, uh, the channel. I, I'm just, I always kind of like jump around and I like, see a whole bunch of comments going in. Uh, and of course, Greg, thank you very much for the super chat. Um, not that I'm trying to wrap things up very, very quickly. Uh, uh, but I, I do realize that I'm, I, I did hit the two-hour mark. Uh, any hope for LG taking it uh, simple and clean? I love the G2, the G3, uh, where we're leading. I think the way LG is going with right now, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the way LG is trying to go with right now, I think they're trying to focus more on des designing new form factors. I, I feel like the dual display is still something that they're going to carry because we've seen four generations of it in a very short amount of time. And every time they come up with it, more and more people are enjoying it. Uh, the wing is definitely a very interesting design. I don't know how well third-party apps or third-party developers are still able to provide support for it because, again, it's a one-of-a-kind. Uh, and I say this because to this day, if there's one thing that a lot of people complain about on iP on iP uh, on the like iPads or so on, is that Instagram still doesn't work right, right? Like there's no iPad app. So those are things that a lot of people will definitely uh, do that. But before we go too far, guys, I just realized it's going to hit the full screen here. We got to do the TKception because I know we crossed the two hours and I do apologize for that. Uh, every time we start a live stream, I don't really know how how time flies. Like before I know it, the, it it's already crossed the timing and um, we are kind of hitting it at the end here. But I love being able to answer all your all your questions and all the comments there. I didn't realize I had my live stream running in the background. Okay, guys. Well, let's go ahead and do real quick with the TK section. Let me... Okay, so yeah, I have a few comments in here. Davin Davis is the first one. Let's go ahead and do this one. And... Oh, oh, oh. Davin's in the comments. Definitely, definitely got it. Got it in there. Uh, let me see right there. Oh, DTNL TK section. Got it in there, dude. And I, I like the fact that it actually has the comment section and the whole live stream at the same time. Um Oh, dude, <laughs> uh, Matt, not dual screen guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, wait, what a way to wrap. Who, who wraps up sl <laughs> slower? TK or Juan Carlos Bagnell? Uh, no, I don't know. Always, always appreciate it. But thank you very much, Gary. I, I always appreciate your support. And thank you very much with the super chat. Thank you. And 
for everybody else scott hey man how you doing <laughs> oh man it's uh it's it's one of those um one of those things that we always have to kind of appreciate and I kind of honestly i never knew so to be honest with you guys the the, the morning chats here on that we have on saturdays are very much a great way for me to hang out with you guys to talk to answer questions to to chit chat and 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 go through different things uh you know different experiences on a weekly basis and how things are uh, i wanted to to let you guys know uh oh hey joe <laughs> one's way slower to wrap up well but also one does do the over under kind of thing he takes bets on in the middle of his show i mean if you have to think about it though the way the me mechanism is going on with that one i love i love his streams i love the way he set it up and i really really love the fact that he kicked me in the in the in the buteus maximus that's the best way to say it uh to start up the live stream with you guys because it's it's a great way to chat great way to hang out and and honestly it's a way a great way to just de-stress because we get a chance to talk about things that we enjoy and we're hanging out with like-minded uh you know uh uh, just talking about stuff that we enjoy and of course looking forward to some of the good stuff coming in i'll tell you guys content on the xperia 5 mark ii is coming i'm i'm very happy that we were allowed to share at least a post with you guys um because i wanted to tell you guys that i've had the phone and i didn't know how to do it let's just say this way um but i'm 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 also super excited to be able to share more with you guys so please keep it tuned here please uh you know check it out let me know what you guys think hopefully very soon um Xiaomi is going to be coming out next week. Uh, we have obviously, um, you know, Google's coming out at the same time. Uh, we all we know that uh, OnePlus is coming up a little bit later on. iPhones are going to be coming out, so there's a lot more tech to go. Techtober felt more like of a September this year for me because uh, September, uh, if you think about it, because just September was filled with like boom, like one after another. Um, and I want to say first and foremost, thank you to everybody for the support, and thank you very much to all the companies that are trusting in me to help. Uh, not only provide coverage as it helps obviously the channel but it also just shows where we are now and where we were last year so that's the biggest thing for me um, year over year and the fact you know with working with the channel where you know obviously you guys are always uh, you know here supporting me you know every saturday and of course tomorrow don't forget matt uh, matt and sam on across the podcast and monday for juan carlos's live stream so we kind of got you know saturday sunday monday kind of thing got very, uh, going, going together um I just thank you very much. Be safe. Um, make sure you say hello to a friend or family. Make sure you check in on some of your friends you haven't talked to for some time. Um, as with these situations, we tend to focus a lot on what's going on with us, but we you know, may, may have forgotten some other people. Uh, if it's too hot, stay cool. Make sure you wear your mask and wash your hands. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll all get through this together and we'll be back to somewhat of a, some kind of a normal in 2021. And I think I am one, I am for one waiting for 2020 to be done so that we can start fresh. Uh, it's just as, as a year, it's had a lot of its challenges, uh, but definitely very happy. And again, keep it here. Keep it tuned in. Uh, the Z Fold 2 and the Tab S7 uh, Plus are absolutely fantastic. Uh, I have not had that much of a fun enjoying playing on a tablet that has 120 hertz refresh rate that is Android based for a long time. Um, and I and I mean that because tablets for me are generally, I use them every day. Uh, by the way, I control some of the mechanisms here in the video in, on a tablet. And the, uh, the Tab S7 Plus does that really nice. And of course, taking it away from here and then just more of a mobile experience is really, really good. So thanks to Juan, Davin, uh, Steve DeRoche, Aditya, Matt, Gary, um, everybody. Uh, just just want to say thank you very much for the support. Thank you very much for being here. I'll see you guys very soon. Be safe and take care.